Hey, thanks for tuning in to Tea with Queen and Jay. Before we get into this She's Gotta Have It review, we want to thank everyone who RSVP'd for our upcoming Juneteenth After Work Kickback. Every year at Tea with Queen and Jay, we celebrate Juneteenth in honor of Black Ass Freedom. As people still fighting for our liberation and equal personhood, we'd like to take a moment, take a breath, and celebrate being beautiful Black people. RSVPs are full, but if you'd still like to join us for a drink, a hug, a high five, you can go to the event link and donate the amount of your choice and we'll add you to the list. Tuesday, June 19th at Von Bar from 6 to 10 p.m. The link will be in the show notes. And now back to the show. Welcome to We Gotta Have It. The show where two womanist race nerds review the fuck out of the Netflix series, She's Gotta Have It. My name is Queen. My name is Jay. We are reviewing the entire season two of She's Gotta Have It. For season one, She's Gotta Have It, we did an epic five podcast series with reviews of every episode. We'll include the link to that in our show notes. This season, we're giving it all to you in one episode. So be prepared for spoilers. If you have not watched season two of She's Gotta Have It, you can go watch it and come back to this or if you do not give a fuck about spoilers or if you have no intention of watching she's gotta have it you can listen and enjoy this podcast now again we will be spoiling the series the fuck out of this that's right so there's your warning Mm -hmm. so queen can you tell us what she's gotta have it is she's gotta have it is a netflix series based on the movie she's gotta have it that was filmed in what was that 19 i think it was 87 87 yep spike oh, Lee's 87 86. okay spike oh, it, might be. it might have been um so yeah so this series is based on that um i believe it was spike lee's wife idea to make it a series to bring back mm-hmm. this as a series mm-hmm. and um yeah that's what it is it's about a woman named nola darling and as she lives her life as a brooklyn artist a queer brooklyn artist who is you know living her life and doing the things mm-hmm. and and shit yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So we reviewed season one when it first came out, and we didn't enjoy it. Hated it! <laughs> yeah, we didn't enjoy it that much, um, and so we wanted to... We don't intentionally review shit that we hate. Yeah. Um, and maybe hate is a strong word, but we really didn't like it. That was the overarching theme of like I hated it. our review. I'm honest about my hate. <laughs> right? That was the <laughs> overarching review of the first series, yeah. is that we was not into that shit. We ain't have to have it. We didn't have to have it. We did. That was the conclusion. We we don't. We yeah. did not. Have you can to have, have this it. back. You can take this back, please. <laughs> so, but but in spite of like how um, maybe problematic or like some of the things that we didn't like, we do enjoy watching black folks on yeah, screen. Definitely, and and yeah. right, and we wanted to see like how it had progressed and how it had changed. Yeah, because we weren't the only people who reviewed or talked about like our concerns about the first season Mm -hmm, so i wanted to see like if anything had changed what had changed and if i should expect a check in the mail so (laughs) that's what you know or by at least if i deserved one something i I mean i do think i deserve a check in the mail regardless but always yeah but they didn't change a whole lot yeah so we didn't get a direct deposit we did not yet (laughs) not yet gotta affirm that shit yo not yet maybe it's coming so season one was mainly about nola darling and her um quote-unquote allegedly polyamorous relationship with four different partners yeah right and season two one was a woman three of them were men one was a woman because she was a pansexual polyamorous blah 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 blah, whatever that 
in that first season that yeah that Wasn't, sentence of terminology right her her qualifiers to describe her, her, her identity, identity her identity it felt like a mockery of like quote unquote identity politics it sounded like obi booth <laughs> like yeah. all them names right <laughs> playing that nintendo <laughs> yeah and then this season i feel like we we focus more on like nola and her development as a person yeah in addition to her like relationships i would have liked to see maybe a little bit more man booty but i would have too yeah but we were more in this season more so exploring i guess her relationship with a woman so I guess that's why we didn't see as much man booty. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I guess it was more time spent on her relationship with Opal, but also like herself and like who she yeah, is and that's shit true. like that. Mm-hmm. How much um, of a jerk she is. <laughs> I do want to say that I do. She's definitely allowed to be a jerk. We don't really see right. a lot of women, especially black women, be jerks. We always have to be perfect and be presenting in this like mm-hmm. kind of like either overcoming way or like overachiever like that's generally from my experience how i see like it's either we're completely hood or we're like these overachiever can't get a man because we overachieve so much type of thing Mm -hmm. type type a personality exactly so it was nice to see like a messy woman just kind of just like running around being kind of annoying and jerkish Mm -hmm. because we don't get to see that often at all that's true that's true how do you how do you feel about it compared to season one parts of me was like you ain't learn nothing but then i'm like (laughs) (laughs) but then i'm like people don't really learn that quickly either okay so there's that yeah like she's still she's allowed to be a mess that's fine i don't understand why people like her art Mm -hmm. i don't get it it's so fucking boring (laughs) her art is so boring Uh i'm tired of seeing her face I love Malcolm X, but if I see that portrait one more time, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't get why she is interesting to people that are around her. That's strange to me. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get why Nola is Nola at all. Mm-hmm. Don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Well, I didn't like it. <laughs> my initial thought is i didn't like it but what i will say i did this season that i didn't feel last season because last season i was like abused abuse i felt abused and a bit like shocked at how much i didn't enjoy it enjoy mm-hmm. it and how much as a black millennial as an older millennial i felt attacked a little bit and like kind of made fun of and so i couldn't during last season appreciate the uh, ways in which certain aspects of black culture are infused into it the way black people are shot the way like there's a lot of good stuff in there that's in between all of like the fuckery Mm -hmm. and so this season i was able maybe to take a breath and appreciate some of those other things and so that's kind of my overall like takeaway from this season Mm -hmm. and i would watch it again but i don't think i would review it again like I would watch. Oh, the like the third season. Yeah, if they, if they did another one. season, I think there's enough stuff in there for me to appreciate it and watch mm-hmm. it. But I don't think there's enough stuff in there for me to have you all endure me talking about it again. I don't think I'll watch it again. Like maybe if there's a day when I'm doing my hair mm-hmm. and I need to like have something on, but yeah. nah, I would not like. No, on. Like I would not be like she's got to have it three. <laughs> like I wouldn't. Mm-mm. I wouldn't do none of that right. shit. I probably wouldn't even watch it when it like premiered. It'd be like mm-hmm. months later, yeah. and like I don't, yeah. it's, I don't get it. I really <laughs> don't understand. I don't 
get it. Mm-hmm. How I don't. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But I just don't get all right. It. Well, in light of all of that, what we did want to do was talk about the good shit, mm-hmm. right? So, what's the good shit? about the series that's worth highlighting and talking about and appreciating. Rosie Perez! Yes! Rosie Perez. So, Rosie Perez plays Mars Blackman and... What's her name? Lulu? I don't know. Yeah, I think his sister's name is Lulu Mm -hmm. Blackman's mom back in Puerto Rico. So, that was a delight. It was nice to see her. I love Rosie Perez. She's fucking talented out the ass. I love that. And it was nice. She, She, I would say, in terms of like more modern culture... I don't know what the fuck is modern, but as a child, I recognized her as she was one of the black Latinx folks that was like building a bridge between Between, black American folks, Afro-Caribbean folks, Mm -hmm. and kind of like openly and outwardly talking about that connection and Mm -hmm. making that be like known and like a thing, you know? Yeah, for me, I've always, I guess she was a possibility model. I didn't think about it, like to Mm -hmm. have her... And media spaces and talk the way she talks. Yes. And sound like, the way she sounds. Quote, unquote, around the way. Yeah, like an girl. around the way yeah. girl. Not really an accent that is something that people particularly care for. Mm-hmm. And to just always sound like that. Yeah. Regardless of wherever, mm-hmm. whatever, what spot she was at. She sounded like that still when she was on The View. So, yeah. like, that's like seeing her... And that was like, oh, yes, refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for yes. people who are like, who don't know who Rosie Perez is, she, well, just because we were talking about her voice, her mm-hmm. voice is very nasal. Yeah. She has a, um, I guess, a New Yorkian or Puerto Rican like accent, accent, like to her New York accent. Mm-hmm. It's all blended in and combined or whatever. Um, she starred in a lot, I was well, just, maybe it was just two of Spike, Spike Lee's Lee's films. Movie, yeah. yeah, she was in Do the Right Thing. She was in White Men Can't Jump. She, like you said, she's been on The View. Yeah, she's, she's a, a choreographer. Prefer, she yes, was she a choreographer did. for the Fly Girls on... Um, and Living Color. Right, yeah. So she's like an OG talent. Yeah. And yeah, it was dope to see her. Mm-hmm. It was dope. I was like really excited about mm-hmm. that. So that was And she's awesome. aged beautifully. Yeah. Like, she's yeah, beautiful. She has. Yeah. She has. Another good thing. So the opening photo montage. So that's cool. With I love all of that. the like old school photos of, I think it's, I think it's mostly Brooklyn. Yeah, it's mostly if Brooklyn. It's not all Brooklyn. Um, they did do, um, and I think the Puerto Rico episode, I think that montage was um, in Puerto Rico mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. that episode right but it's nice to see i'm a fan of candid shots Mm -hmm. candids don't really exist anymore because like instagram and stuff and everything is editorial and people are like posing and like you know it's just very editorial now Mm -hmm. as far as photos are concerned um so it was nice to see like just candid shots of people just like living and existing Mm -hmm. um throughout time yes it's also a mixture of like old and new shots exactly so i know for me that's why i hugely love the montage part because i've always been like into more into candid than Mm -hmm. into like editorial Mm -hmm. kind of yeah shit yeah um so yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then i think this may be extra but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm extra. I think that a lot of times... that's just the way I am. That's just how I am. <laughs> I think a lot of times black folks, because we're written out of history, something as small as even a photo of us from the past, like I think a lot of... We're trained or groomed rather because that's, that's a thing to... That's a new word. Right? <laughs> to not see ourselves in history. Yeah. In the past, in anything, in, mm-hmm. in anywhere except for whatever fucking room you're in right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice. I always appreciate seeing us having joy back in the the day day. to now to wherever Mm -hmm. old photographs of us 
are important because you're not just going to see those in the history books unless it's pictures of us in misery yeah. in some way, mm-hmm. you know? So that that's always important, I think. Right. Also, I really enjoyed the Prince tribute. Yeah. Um, that was really nice. We do know that, like, Spike Lee. Like, I think that was Spike Lee in the scene. But, yeah, so I really enjoyed the Prince um, tribute that they had. I really enjoyed the kids. Skylar. What's the boy's name? Virgil. Oh, Sky- yeah. Yeah, so, like, that was really cute. Yeah, it was super cute. For people who don't know, every year Spike Lee throws, number one, he throws a Michael Jackson party. Every year since Michael Jackson's death, he throws a Michael Jackson party in Brooklyn. And, and now, now he, every year yeah, he, he throws, throws a, a Prince, Prince party, party in Brooklyn mm-hmm. as well. So it's, it's basically like a big, it's a block party. Mm-hmm. It's a big block party celebration. And that there's an episode, I don't know which episode it is, but the whole episode is basically a tribute to, to Prince, Prince. And a lot of it is shot at that Prince um, um, block party, party. Prince block, block party. Purple everywhere, of course. Mm-hmm. Purple over everything. Yep. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed seeing kids just living their best life mm-hmm. and like being free and like doing shit. I like that the end when they were supposed to like burn a guitar and it was like, <laughs> Like, cause the parents were into it. Like, yes, look at my kids. Right, yes, right. like, wait, oh shit, the yeah, fuck these kids doing? Yeah. And they pulled them off the stage. So uh-huh. It was nice to see, like, um, I guess, like, black family kind of just like mm-hmm. happening live. Like, yeah. what the fuck are y'all doing? Trying to burn a guitar? No, fuck off the stage. That was cute. That was cute. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. That That was funny. And it was just a reminder of like Prince's like legacy of being. I mean, black black people have been in rock and roll and playing guitars and shit, but it has been presented to us like we have no place in anything. Exactly. So it was nice to see that legacy living on mm-hmm. in this little boy, Virgil, the actor yeah. who plays Virgil, who can play the guitar, mm-hmm. and Skylar enjoying herself and dancing and all of that shit. So that right. was fucking dope. I mm-hmm. enjoyed that a lot. And seeing black people at this block party in mass having a good time yeah not being over policed just out there living having a black ass good time so Mm -hmm. that was really important i wonder if he's gonna do a michael jackson party this year moving right along okay (laughs) yeah showing blackness in puerto rico Mm -hmm. that was also super duper cool that's i would call that a good a good time i um i know for me it was great because I know there's black Puerto Ricans. We know there's we black Puerto that, Ricans, yep. but I don't think that the media or I don't see in, um, I guess, TV or mm-hmm. spaces where I see black Puerto Ricans in that way. Like, I know black Puerto Ricans because I come from the Bronx and I see, I saw them plenty of times, but I don't know if, like, the huge majority of people, when they think of a Puerto Rican, think of a black person. Right. Um, I know that it's easier for people to get that connection when it comes to Dominican folks because mm-hmm. Haiti's right there and, you know, like, whatever. But I don't generally see that when it comes to Puerto Ricans. So it was, like, really, really great to, like, have that episode, have them talk about the Africanness, mm-hmm. bring us through, like, the like from start of the episode, they, they you know, like, they talk mm-hmm. about the Africans, they talk about the Tainos. Like, it was just right. great to, like, see that because mm-hmm. I don't, I know that history, but I don't generally see it or watch it play mm-hmm. out in media in that way. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Yeah. So there's an episode where right after Hurricane Maria mm-hmm. um, at Winnie Wins Club nightclub, they all have this kind of fundraising thing where they come together and they raise money for Puerto Rico. And then the next episode, you see them going back because they're yeah, going there to, to like give, give the, the donations yeah. and support the community and shit like that. It was funny because it was like they was handing out money in briefcases. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what's was happening? Like, Is this how this goes down? But I think they made, they made that point before when they were talking about where Mars and Lulu were talking about what happened with the apartment mm-hmm. and how the money 
to their mom to pay for the apartment maybe didn't go through because of the hurricane. So it's possible that they had to physically bring the money there in order for them to get it instead of like transferring or whatever. I'm just trying to, how do they get that through customs? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, you know, whatever. But it's a TV show, Naima, so get over (laughs) it. But I was like, how they do that? Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was interesting. But mm-hmm. it was it was super dope to see them in Puerto Rico. I was listening to an interview on Latinos Out Loud mm-hmm. with Lemon Anderson, who is one of the writers on the show or maybe one of the producers. I don't know. He's on the team mm-hmm. for the show. He's a, a Puerto Rican. He's a poet. Poet. Yeah. yeah I've, I've seen him. Yeah. And he was talking about how for Netflix, what they wanted to do was center that episode around Mars. They wanted to center that episode around this light-skinned Puerto Rican guy rediscovering Puerto Rico for himself. Mm -hmm. And they had to fight to make it about NOLA connecting with other black people Uh in Puerto Rico. So, yeah, so I thought that that was really interesting Mm -hmm. that even in this series about this black woman, that, that they, they wanted, wanted to, to fight sell. to erase that. Like, oh, yeah. no, Puerto Rico is not about that. We'll just make it about, make this episode about Mars and his connection to Puerto Rico mm-hmm. as this light-skinned Puerto Rican person. Yeah. Well, you know, so I thought that that was really interesting. And I'm glad that they fought for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that, like, people need to see that. Yeah. You know, because it has been erased it's like it doesn't exist like when people say i'm half black and puerto rican that's not that's not how that works Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying that's not what that is there Mm -hmm. are black puerto ricans there are white puerto ricans yeah exactly so yeah so that was that was pretty cool nola is beautiful is that a question mark at the end (laughs) can y'all tell that i wrote that one isn't that queen no, 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 she, I just didn't expect to see it there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, Nola is beautiful. She's fucking gorgeous. She the is. Wanda, the Wanda Wise, the actor who plays Nola, is fucking, yeah. like, stunning. Yeah. I, I have a hard time because I don't like Nola so much. The character, yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I've, I've fused them. Okay. So I want to unfuse them unfuse them the wise is her own person no i know this uh-huh. i know this and i even seen them acting something else mm-hmm. and i was able to do that mm-hmm. so i know that i'll be able to do that yeah. i just don't want her to become nola for right. people right yeah mm-hmm. but yeah you're right she is a beautiful yeah person. dewanda is fucking gorgeous and i like looking at her and it makes watching this easier bearable it makes watching it bearable it it makes watching it easier again i love that this series centers a dark-skinned woman that doesn't fit the stereotypes of what dark-skinned women are usually cast as Mm -hmm. on television and i'm thankful for her beauty i want to pour libations for that so yeah okay okay um the infusion of historical work so referencing like Nora Neale Hurston Zora Neale Hurston Mm -hmm. which was like great that actually i'm glad you wrote that down Mm -hmm. because that I was like, okay. That, that was like my saving grace. Mm. So much um, nods to like ancestors, right. artistic ancestors, and then also nods to people in the present, which, mm-hmm. we, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. But like that was really like, okay, yes. This is an okay. Like I can be here for this. Yeah. I can show up for this. Right. I can receive this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a part of why like that's important and, and it makes this series important is because it's like where else is that happening exactly and who else is doing that mm-hmm. you know um so it's important that spike lee as as an elder for lack yeah. of a better word mm-hmm. as an uncle for lack of a better word as a mentor as somebody who's been in this industry for a long time yeah. it's important it's 
it's so important that he does that and does that across ages, like mm-hmm. bringing artists of all generations into the mix and highlighting their work in his art and kind yeah. of showing how you can, like that's a community kind of thing. That's a community building thing to do, to use his power and his privilege as a the direct the black director of choice to highlight other artists and their work and introduce us to people that maybe we would otherwise like not have heard of yep. like mm-hmm. they're like we have seen like a lot of those artists we have heard of but not everybody has heard of that not stuff. everyone, has, not everyone has that access no one has that access and then like everyone is introduced to people in different ways so like it's a great i think it's great to reference our artistic elders and things that are what you would call pop culture pieces right. so that people can learn about them. Like, I don't know if my niece, um, who is, she's, I think, 19. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she knows those or know her. You know, right, like this right. stuff like that, but she might be watching the show. Yeah. So it's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greer and his penis pants. So Greer played one of... Nola's lovers. Nola's lovers. And in this in this season, I guess a former lover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was, what would you I, what would you call him? Because I feel like his character is like specifically like New York, LA personality. Maybe maybe you'd find somebody like him in Atlanta, maybe. I don't know. But just like He just reminds me of someone that I used to fuck. We've all fucked somebody like him, but what is that? What is that type of person? Because he's like a straight cis male, but also he's comfortable with his sexuality. Mm -hmm. He's comfortable with exploring different. He's like, I guess he's kind of like Prince, but like relaxed. Yeah. It's like Prince, but like calm down. Yeah. And it's probably because he's not like a musical performer where you're like put it on the show right because prince wasn't like like that all the time that's true that's that true. was when he was on stage yes these niggas are prince ass yes. niggas mm-hmm. yes. with their high waist pants with their high waist pants with their tight shirts yes you know with their sandals mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying their pedicures their pedicures their perfect teeth these and are prince they're nice smelling dicks let's yes. be for real yes we'll these be... niggas they shower twice a day yes. they always just came out the shower or just getting in the shower yes how do you smell like fresh linen all the time yes with a hint of like lemon oil oh i love it Mm. yeah 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 they're problematic and misogynistic of course course. but they smell nice and they're comfortable with their sexuality yeah and they're polyamorous but only for them they don't want you oh they don't they don't want you oh no no absolutely no they own you yeah but they're fascinating they usually have the best threesomes, but we'll talk best about Best threesomes. Yes. They usually have, have a large size penis. They yeah. walk with like the swagger of a dude with a large penis because yes. they have one. They take their shirt off at parties. Oh my goodness. <gasps> and cookouts. Everywhere. And then they don't care. And I usually like, hate shirt off motherfuckers, yeah. but you can be it a shirt works, off motherfucker. It works for a nigga with that personality. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, I will go ahead and call him a princess fuckboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Greer, I enjoy that character. He's, I do a, he's too. a problem. Don't date him, but he's a delight. Fuck him. Don't take go. him seriously. Okay? Right, right. So I enjoy Greer and his penis pants. Next on the list, Santana and it's her acting. Turn. It's my turn. You did that to me, so I'm just to do it to Oh, me. I did? Oh, okay. <laughs> go ahead, girl. I like how you, I was like, all right, whatever. And you're like, it's my turn. 
<laughs> go ahead, girl. Do your thing. I'm um, a middle child. I'm a middle child. Yes, I know. I got see yeah. that. <laughs> no, but I'm not doing it to you because you just. I just figured I wrote this one. I'll say mm-hmm. it. Santana and her acting. Santana plays Mars Blackman's older sister Lulu, uh-huh. and um, she's fantastic. Yeah, she is. She good. just seems like a, an authentic New York motherfucker. I don't know if Santana she is from a, Brooklyn in real life. She was like the only New Yorker. <laughs> yes, like her yes. and Mars are like. Yeah, they both read to me as like authentic, mm-hmm. like New York people. Yeah. So they do that really well. So again, mm-hmm. I don't know where Santana is from in real life, but like I appreciate, I know she lives in New York, but I appreciate her acting chops, the way she interprets a New York ass bitch. Gotcha. You could do the next one because I, be- I don't believe in that. You don't think Jamie looks fucking dope in them suits? No. You don't like his thigh meat? No. Squeezed into them pants? No. All right, so Jamie is also <laughs> Nola's former lover. He's going through a divorce, so he was the married guy that she was dating, and he just looks good in them suits, yo. You don't think he looks good in them suits? What is it? What I'm trying to understand. What? How? He doesn't do it for me. Okay. All right. That's it. He looks like he looks like himself. Like he dates young girls that he shouldn't be dating. You don't do it. for Oh, me. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've lived that. No, it's yeah. gross. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I lived it too. I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. I have to explore that trauma. <laughs> I have to explore <laughs> that trauma. I dated that exact person yeah. as well. Nope, nope. Yeah. I'm, I'm a girl. Leave me alone. Right. Oh my God. I feel so exposed right now. Drag me. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> dated this exact nigga before and he Same. was a married person and I was a young person that should have been left alone. I mean, I was legal, but I was young and should have been left the fuck alone. See, I, I wasn't legal. So right. that's why I'm like, yeah. 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 The guy I was dating didn't have them fresh thighs, thigh meats though. He wasn't like squeezed into his pants, which I enjoy. But anyway, Lyric, um, that's the actor's name. I forget his last name, mm-hmm. but Lyric is an attractive man. Mm-hmm. And um, I thank God for how he looks in them suits. Okay. So, okay, so I've said that. All right. <laughs> Your turn. Um, The Hot and Trot. I actually like The Hot and Trot. I want to go there. It's on Christie Street. It's near Christie Street. Oh, okay, cool. It's an event space. They do a lot of like burlesque stuff there. Yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. Okay. I got to put that on my list. Yeah. But yeah, um, I do really enjoy black people gathering. That's like the joy of mm-hmm. my life. Like mm-hmm. I just want to be where the black people yeah. are all yeah. the time. All day, every day. Mm-hmm. So it was nice seeing that. And nice seeing black people gather in ways that I would say on television, you don't really see mm. us gather. It's usually like hip hop things or like poetic justice or like mm-hmm. <laughs> that like really, really like to me, there's more theatrical and musical um, kind of space. Which I don't generally see um, okay. happening in the entertainment space on right. TV for black people. Right. So I really, really enjoy that. Because I like musicals and I like theatrical mm-hmm. shit like that. But mm-hmm. I don't really, um, I don't engage in that enough in my personal life. Right. So to see that happen, it was like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. it. I yeah. It. So the Hot and Trot is the event space, performance space, nightclub. They they do do like burlesque dancing and shit like that mm-hmm. that Fat Joe's character Winnie Wynn owns. It is a cute like black centered black focused club that I wish existed in real life. Yeah, it, exactly. The way that that world and, and we liked it. We enjoyed that. I think part of it last season as mm-hmm. well. Just the way that that whole little world is created. Yeah, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It looks comfortable. Yeah. It just looks like a black ass good time. Yeah. So I enjoy 
of that space as well. There's an episode where this band called Stew and the Negro Problem is playing. The ones who do that song. About, um, about the gentrification? Gentrification in Brooklyn. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like maybe there's black people in Fort Greene. Yeah. Like that whole song. Mm-hmm. So uh, someone like that and the guy, the artist Stew is, is a writer. I Googled him and I knew nothing about him or who he was before that. Like mm-hmm. I knew of his work, but it's important that we have black folks highlighting other black folks so i thought that that was super cool and seeing them perform that was dope more of the good so Papo's journey to being divine. So Papo is a friend of Nola's. They went to art school together or high school together. And in season one, he's kind of like the neighborhood drunk who doesn't really bother anybody. Mm-hmm. But he might be homeless, but we're not sure. He pushes a shopping cart around with yeah. all his little belongings. Mm-hmm. He hangs around Nola's block and he hangs on um, the stoop of one of her newly white neighbors who's like helping to gentrify the neighborhood helping yeah helping in the cause of evil gentrification oh, is, is what i meant she is yeah that's not just helping she's right just right so last season papo ends up going to jail because the white gentrifier accuses him of defacing her stoop mm-hmm. and calls the police yep. on him and so that becomes a whole thing and papo ends up getting locked up for um 18 months yeah which is a long time so in his while being locked up he discovers the five percenters the nation of gods and earths and his new name once he's out is divine Mm -hmm. all right so once people who are not familiar with five percenters i would say maybe the most popular pop culture five percenters would be wu-tang and they infuse a lot of those ideas in their in their work Mm -hmm. it's a Um, derivative of the nation of islam right the five percent nation. right 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 but they tend to focus more on god the black man is god yeah yeah is is Mm -hmm. their theory and i think that throughout throughout history or pop culture history i would say i think there's this tendency to make a mockery of that person of that character who goes to jail and then comes out of jail either um with any kind of knowledge itself it's usually right like, yeah thinking of that character and um in living color yeah mm-hmm. exactly it's usually yeah. presented in that way right so he's presented as coming out like having just learned big words and using big words coming out talking about um the black man is god or queens and kind of making that a joke mm-hmm. and i think and kind of presenting him as like a, a fool, you know, as a fool or a clown. I think he's generally presented in pop culture or in even even in some of our black films of the past. Like, I feel like there's a character like that in every like hood black movie. There is, but I don't it's not always. It's, he's not always. He's made not fun always of. making fun of Vermont. It's right. usually like the one who like is trying to save everyone mm-hmm. when it's in hood movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that sense, um, and they don't always come out of prison. Like I'm thinking of Menace to Society, the character who I don't remember their name, but the character of Menace to Society who was like the one with, in quotations, knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. He never been to prison, but he was just like trying to get them to like right. love themselves and nurture themselves in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but in hu- and, and comedies, they're always the butt of the joke. Right, right. Always. And and I would say, even though that person, when they're not the butt of the joke, they're trying, somebody is always overwhelmingly like brushing them off. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's on that shit again yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was nice to see Papo 
his evolution to becoming divine and it being presented as something that helps to keep his alcoholism at bay, yeah. his demons at bay and helps to keep him centered in a centered. Way. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it was nice to see value being placed on that. Mm-hmm. And I think that religion and certain ideologies are not for everybody. I think for some people there's value in certain practices. And it was nice again, like you just said, to, to see this, practice being used as something that helps to keep this man centered yeah i watched the um, wu-tang documentary and even though like they are in some ways i don't know would you say wu-tang is as famous as the beatles there are people who believe that you don't know okay i shrugged my shoulders she did there was there was a shrug there was a shrug wu-tang is not the a most... part of wu-tang so i'm not a i'm not a I don't know. I missed that piece. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Wu-Tang is the largest rap group. Rap group (laughs) in history. Like they're huge. Literally. And uh, (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're they're literally the largest group um, with nine and maybe plus members here and go. They were like 36 chambers. Yeah. 36 members. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of them. And then also like culturally like huge. Like they, yeah, they they're yeah. a, a huge fucking deal. So anyway, I watched the documentary. I enjoyed the documentary, of course, except for their exclusion of like women, like black women. I felt like the only black women they included in that doc were like people who were married to them or connected to them in some sort of like familial or romantic way. Like it would have been nice to hear from more women in the business. But anyway, I bring up the documentary because the they there's a constant theme of five percent of nature of gods and earths the black man is god is a constant theme of that and i think that a part of what kept them together a part of why they could all still show up for this documentary a part of them still loving each other despite the differences they had was a concept of brotherhood that they learned from and within five the five percent nation and so i think Mm -hmm. that while a lot of them you could say are kind of associated with like hotepism and there is misogyny there is like a lot of those that's things. where like most ideology though you know that's like true. so it's not like that's something true. that is just exclusive yeah, to them that's lots true. of it's ideology absolutely have patriarchal like yeah shit. it's something that i guess i point out and i highlight because i have i have grown up and experienced that type of thing firsthand mm-hmm. like turning away from christianity which was is heavy on the misogyny and kind of discovering this thing that's supposed to be a knowledge of self thing yeah. and then it ending up being harmful to my to me mm-hmm. in the long run like yeah. there's not safety for me here mm-hmm. so i think it was nice to see it presented in a respectful light it was nice to see it presented as something that can be beneficial to black folks and because so much of what we do to reclaim ourselves is brushed off as new dumb or like invaluable yeah so i thought that Mm -hmm. that was really important on to one thing that we enjoyed we enjoyed brandon victor dixon roles as the nation times martha vinger dude i Mm -hmm. enjoyed your short sleeve shoot suit yes how you wear a whole suit with a jacket with short short sleeves yeah no that was fantastic short sleeve blazer that was fantastic it was a print Brandon, you looked fucking fantastic. I yo. really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw that, I text Jay. Like, um, <laughs> this person we know is on this TV. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I thought that that was a dope cameo. Brandon played, um, who played that lawyer on Power? What was the lawyer's name? Stur- Dead? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The lawyer that Ghost, Ghost kills, killed. the one who is dating his wife. Mm-hmm. He kills him. But anyway, 
it was great to see him on this show. I liked his character. Yeah, he it was, he it was does good. really talk like that in real life, which I think is funny. <laughs> yes, Brandon, I think your voice is funny. It's mad theatrical. Yes. On stage well, and all. Well, he's a theater person. He's just a theater ass nigga. Just theater. A theater. He spells it with the R E, not right. an E R. No, you're right. That type, you're right. That I support type of that. I support person. that. I appreciated the shorts. I like a knee over. I like knees exposed. I do like. I do like to see men's legs. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy seeing. Men's it's rare. Legs. It's not fair that it's yeah, so rare. Yeah, like I do like seeing men's legs. So yeah. I enjoy that. But that short sleeve blazer. Mm, yes, I, I enjoyed it. Yes, yes. So um, yeah, and a so, bow ties and a bow ties. Right. Yeah. So he played the guy ushering um, Nola around Martha's Vineyard during that Nation Time episode. And then so it was, was like great. he knew all of it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he was an employee. Yeah. He was, was an employee, a black, empo- yeah, a black employee. employee. Yep. Yeah, he was all of us at work. Yeah, basically. Yeah. He's like, listen, I'm just here to do my job. I don't even okay. know. I don't even know if he wore that when he went home. Like, who knows? <laughs> who the fuck knows? He went home and put on a pair of oversized pants and Tim's. <laughs> he just, you know, just... a blast of some Wu Tang. Yes, yes, <laughs> right. You're right. He's like a 2002 nigga when he goes home. <laughs> You know, that's what he does. And then when he's at work, he dresses like for Afro Future. He looks like he wears Tim's, but like the field boots. <laughs> anyway, shout out to Brandon. He's a talented ass nigga. Google Brandon Victor Dixon and see everything that he's involved in. He's dope. Mm, yeah. I liked Reed Clark Smith, the character who played Reed Clark Smith. That is um, Greer's girlfriend, the one who, yeah, tall blonde. Mm-hmm. You like her? Yeah. I had to say that because of her face right now. You, you like her? Yeah, yeah, I do like her. She's okay. gorgeous. I was like, is she supposed to be Amber Rose? What's happening here? Oh, yeah, she does have an Amber Rose. But yeah, I did find her vibe. attractive. I really enjoyed her body. I like that too. I don't know why I didn't like that, but I enjoyed nudity. Okay, I, I watched it. I was like, what is the point of this? But I guess it was just so you could be like, I like her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's cool. I wanted to see them fuck. Like when I saw, when I first saw oh. Greer and her together, I was like, oh, I, I know, I want to see this. I know that's like visually right. some nice looking sex. Oh. So when I did finally get to see a little snippet of it, I was like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. They're attractive people. I'll yes. Do, I'll do them. Yeah, no, they were a cute couple. Mm-hmm. Would I do them? Yes, I would. Yeah, <laughs> I'm they like, were. What, why are you saying that with a question? Because you uh, know you would. Because I had to think about it because I'm demisexual. I have to think about everything. <laughs> anyway, but I brought this up. Sorry, we got all derailed and de, oh, de- my fucking distracted. I bad. brought her up because she's an actual artist. She actually does do that metal work. Her mm-hmm. name is Kennedy Yanko and she, um, she mm-hmm. has a dope Instagram. You should check it out. But she I, actually I works with that metal and shit. Yes, Kennedy Yanko. But again, another black artist that we're introduced to that I had never heard of exactly. before. And um, yeah, yo, so check her out. Check her out. Moving right along. So mm-hmm. Carrie Mae Weems as a mentor. That was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy her work. I was introduced to her work a few years. I think we went to the Guggenheim together. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. To look at her stuff. But my homegirl who... My, Shout out to Keeps. Hey, Keeba. She told me... She always sends me like, hey, you like this. Go see this artist. Mm-hmm. So... It was just nice seeing her like resurface again. And yeah. then I really like her voice. She has a deep voice. Mm-hmm. I don't see lots of women with deep voices. Right, so right. like every time I hear her speak, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just like, it always sounds heavy. Like she could just be saying hello. And, and it's I'm important. like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it's a important. statement. It's like a period. Is after. that how y'all think about my voice? It's important. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a distinct the, the period after everything she says. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh. Uh, so like in the scene where she was talking to um, Nola. Yeah, see, I mm-hmm. forgot her name because because Carrie was, yeah. was speaking. I knew what she was saying, but mm-hmm. to me, it just sounds like 
more. Right. And I'm like, Nola, you don't respect what she's saying. How do you not hear her? <laughs> it's annoying me. <laughs> I was mad that Carrie had chosen her to be a mentor too. I'm like, of all the people. But all her ugly art. Nola? She's also a good actor. Yeah. I believed everything that was happening. She wasn't stiff. Well, she was being herself. Yeah, but and she still. has that she has that presence and voice. Right. Like Right. I think I don't I don't know if I'm articulate this right, but I think her presence is just like mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So she wouldn't even have to act. Like maybe if she was an actor, mm-hmm. like I don't even think she would have to act. You think the, you think just... the actors the director's notes were uh bad bitch, you in first place. So. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> do that thing you do. Do that thing you do. <laughs> like you yeah. in first place. Yeah, 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 yeah. For real. Yeah. No, yeah, she was fantastic. She gave me very like Felicia Rashad vibes, mm-hmm. which I love those vibes. Those yeah. are the vibes I want mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah, that was dope. And it was dope, right. So it was dope seeing this older artist as a mentor to nola even though she don't deserve it it was nice seeing her being a mentor to nola it was nice seeing other artists tatiana faz elizade amy i don't know if if it's Cheryl. my mouth wants to say Cheryl, but i don't know if that's because i'm from the bronx or what i want to say Cheryl too yeah uh she is the portrait artist who did michelle obama's portrait that's in the national something blah 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 blah. it's somewhere it's somewhere somewhere it's in washington yeah really important yeah Um, i just remember that little girl looking at that that um oh, portrait yes. remember yeah. she wrote a book the little girl <laughs> a book. <laughs> yeah. oh my god mm-hmm. so i loved seeing those actual real life artists in this series yeah because there are people who don't do that there are people who don't include actual living artists in their work exactly and, and even though we know there are moments i feel like throughout this series there are moments when black women are not uplifted in these instances where you're high- highlighting the work of actual black, black women, women that was is, yeah, yeah this, that that's, was dope. that's dope that's mm-hmm. an uplifting of actual black women so yeah. i like that shit we received that mm-hmm. i really received yeah, that i received that oh yes i didn't write this but i actually believe in this mm-hmm. I liked Nola's new bedpost. I felt like maybe that was supposed to represent her growth because it wasn't. I think it was the last episode, or maybe second. Yeah, it was the last episode, and I, I noticed it in the final scene of mm-hmm. the series. Yeah, so I, I do like the bedpost. Um, I just I like geometric shapes, but whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on in the bedpost. I it, it's too. I don't know how you would say that, but it's like the Mastercard logo. It's two circles like overlapping each other, mm-hmm. and it's um. It's like metal and chains. In the middle, it's like chains yeah. from the top to the bottom, which is dope, which is also for holding when you're trying to... That's what mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm, thinking mm-hmm. of. Oh, I could be handcuffed to that. But um, mm-hmm. that's why I have the bedpost I have now. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Her other bedpost made me nervous because candles... <laughs> over your it bed. It looked dangerous. And then I as some... I guess you don't light them when you want to hold on to them. Like when you want to hold on to the bedpost, you yeah. don't, don't light the candles that night? I just didn't like the other one. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. But I understood it based on it. That's what was happening in the movie yeah. when it originally happened. But I wasn't really into it. It looked not safe. It looked like it would fall apart too. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. I like the new one though. Yes. Yeah, I really like that. I wonder if um, Greer's girlfriend made that for her. Oh. She probably don't have time for that. She's too busy being cute, being a socialite, bending metal and stuff. And, you know, avoiding my DMs. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about all the shit that we're not fucking with this season. Mm. 
This week's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Boss Blend Coffee. Boss Blend Coffee is a black and Latina owned and operated coffee lifestyle brand and ode to the culture, creativity, and entrepreneurship. In addition to their current line of amazing coffee blends, Boss Blend Coffee is launching a coffee subscription box. Each box includes two eight ounce coffee bags of delicious coffee blends, a surprise blend every month, and a Keurig reusable coffee filter in the first box. Subscriptions open June 15th at the VIP price of $40 for the first 50 members. For delicious coffee and to learn more about their coffee subscription box, visit bossblendcoffee.com, join their mailing list, and follow them on Instagram at bossblendcoffee. That's bossblendcoffee.com, coffee for the culture, creativity, and entrepreneurship. Let's get back to the show. And we're black all the time. All right. All right. All right. All right. So we want to get into some of the questionable shit about this season of She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. As we said earlier about the good, the things we like, the things we enjoyed, um, the great Puerto Rico episode. I actually think that may be my favorite episode, mm-hmm. the Puerto Rico episode. So um, Nola has her art showing and there's a scene where, uh, I don't know, is it Jamie? That's one of her lovers' name. Jamie is the the one who was married. The one I don't like. Okay. Uh-huh. Jamie Greer and Mars just standing together again. Right. Because her three they, former lovers. They always have to stand together. For, <laughs> for so some you can reason. see the quantity of of men that she's had sex with. Yes. In a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like I don't know why kind of kind of like comparing themselves again, but not really. Um, and then Mars mentions being a half nigga again, which I don't. What does he say? Do you know what he says? I don't remember ex- exactly, but it just like came up like like well, this happening. I don't yeah. remember. So in in season one, it's established that Mars is one of his parents is Black American and one of his parents is Puerto Rican, which mm-hmm. again is not a fucking race, but okay, okay. And so he refers to himself in season one as a half nigga, and we talked about not appreciating that shit we mm-hmm. know that there are latinx folks especially in um environments where there are black people and they have grown up with black people or whatever we know that there are latinx folks who use the term nigga in the same ways in which black people colloquially use it, use it mm-hmm. be- but also because a lot of latinx folks are actually black, black people. people yeah and so mars is mad light skin i the only reason i wouldn't call him a tv italian is because i feel like his freckles are mad black yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like he's mad light skin but i feel like his face he's he, got he, the he face of a black african man face. yeah he has, an, he has an african face <laughs> yeah so i don't i wouldn't necessarily call him a tv italian i don't think he can do that type of work mm-hmm. per mm-hmm. se yeah um like in terms of television mm-hmm. and so, then he's like yellow light skin right you know, he's yeah, not like, yeah, yeah. He's, like there's his, a different kind yeah, of like his, his melanin, his pigmentation, it shows up like in his skin. Exactly. Like his, his yellow hued. He's yeah. not he's not like his undertones aren't really pink. Yeah, exactly. Or clear or mm-hmm, whatever. The whatever fuck. the fuck. You know, there's a doing. yellow to his skin. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like when you call yourself a half nigga, I don't feel like you're calling yourself nigga in the we're all friends, we're all community. Exactly. We're in. To me, yeah. half nigga, you might as well be using the hard R because you're saying I am this. And I am a Puerto Rican and, then and I'm a nigga because black people are niggers. Yeah. And as I mentioned last season, we're either all niggers or none or of us are niggers. Yeah. Right. So if you are Latinx and you throw in the N word around casually, then 
first of all, depending on if you are white or if you are black or whatever, like if you're a white Latinx person, that's not yours to say at all. If somebody, in, if a if a black if a racist person can't wouldn't look at you and call you a nigger, then you don't have. It's not your term to reclaim mm-hmm. so, at all. Yeah. So Latinx people, I don't care who you grew up with or whatever. If you are white presenting, if a racist white person would never look in your direction or any racist person would never look in your direction to call you nigger with the hard R, then you can't say it casually. It don't make sense at all. Quit it. Like may- maybe you did that shit in grade school when we were all kids and nobody knew better. But like nobody wants to hear that shit now at all. But yeah. So to hear him use it and make that like delineation between being a Puerto Rican person and being what he's calling a half nigger, a yeah. black person. To me, he might as well say nigger with the hard R. To me, it's racist. To me, it's not friendly. For me, if to for him to say that after being in Puerto Rico and after that whole. Mm extensive like look into the Puerto Rican identity especially when it comes to being black and Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. I would assume that this motherfucker will learn okay maybe you could have been ignorant last season but now you go to Puerto Rico and you learn all of this stuff about yourself Mm -hmm. and about your heritage and Mm -hmm. about your blackness and also being Puerto Rican to come on the other side of that and still hear you say half nigga was just like who's writing this shit Mm -hmm. like and then to hear you say they fought for that episode now yeah and to know that they still kept that half nigger shit in is like what the fuck what is what's happening what is Mm -hmm. happening what's Mm -hmm. happening here Mm -hmm. why is this happening why is this happening to me i don't know i know that lemon anderson is a tv italian i would call him that he's a white presenting latinx person and one of his parents he is um half latinx and his other parent is like european yeah i've seen him before Mm -hmm. i just don't so it's possible he doesn't get those dynamics and he's not the only person writing no no no. i know i was gonna say and i feel like there are black people who are xenophobic and don't understand those intersections yeah and and why that terminology doesn't make sense number one if we want to get into technicalities yeah, it doesn't make sense at all and it's offensive even in the conversation as somebody who uses the term nigga casually to me hearing it used in that context is fucking offensive yeah is not it's not community it's not like oh we're all family using nigga with an a it's not that to me it's like if you are a half nigga that means that part of you you're 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 claiming that part of you is not the same as me yeah and then it's puerto rico is a part of america so like Mm. if even if you don't under like you know how we said technically you know whatever but like if you're saying like a black american right versus a black latinx person yeah like like even black puerto ricans are black americans if you want to be technical about this shit so it's just like i get that like you're thinking of a different person when you think of a black american you're thinking Mm -hmm. of someone like me or whatever Mm -hmm. but like if you want to get technical that island is a part of these united states Mm -hmm. you know so like i don't know this is really weird weird. and And i was i was disappointed to hear that shit again it was like they thought it was funny last season like let's let him say this again that was weird i was like i want to know whose whose thing is that i want to know which writer is the one who's who's, like yeah yeah, let's put that in again like what i don't understand yeah that was weird so that was i stupid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you mentioned that you feel like it's still the series is still very classist yeah okay. so like i'm thinking of shemeca mm-hmm. and how we treat people who i guess a hood or ghetto yeah. or whatever right you right you use, right so yeah. shemeca is the is the quote-unquote i guess around the way girl of 
this series. Last season, she had a um, she got an illegal butt job, so mm-hmm. she went to some women who was given like butt, butt injections, shots, yeah. you know, in in a hotel room or whatever, and had her butt done. And her while she was dancing like this kind of burlesque routine, she falls and yeah, her butt, butt like explodes. explodes. So she ends up in the hospital and it's real serious. Um, but we talked about last season how we felt like as the only around the way black girl of mm-hmm. the series, just kind of how she was dealt like a raw hand in terms of like the writing and how they portrayed her. Like yeah. it was just really kind of empty and unfair and she's she's the only one who's like doesn't love who she is or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. when throughout the series they make it clear that they don't love who she is either so At like all. what are we talking about yeah. so there's that then like i don't know why nola's mother always brings shemekha up yeah. like they could be talking about nothing that sandwiches. has to do with anything and they'd be like shemekha be making them ghetto sandwiches she be doing that yeah. like, and it's like why the fuck do you keep talking about she's not in your house i've mm-hmm. never seen a scene when y'all together like mm-hmm. What is your insistence on bringing up this woman yeah. and like hating on her all the time? Mm-hmm. And I know why clearly is because she's from the hood or whatever yeah. and shit like that. But it's like, why do they? Within the writing, they have to highlight it in their way. Like, mm-hmm. they, like why does she have to come up in that conversation? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to make her mother talk about her? Because mm-hmm. um, you know, like obviously, there's just a lot of classism, um, black elitism in the space even when they're like um in quotations these struggling artist parents or whatever they still find a way to shit on people or they shit on other black black folks and these are black folks who when you when you hear them talk about their life love black people Mm -hmm. really love black people but Mm -hmm. they're like always shitting on shemekha right is is um uh, yeah and the way that it's the when you just explained it i was thinking well maybe it's a commentary on those dynamics mm-hmm. and on how there are people who claim to be for black people but still shit on certain yeah. types of black people mm-hmm. but then i'm thinking it's still really i don't know like it it's still presented like that's normal and okay to shit on like this yeah because it's like, not even it's not even it's like in passing yeah like it's not even like uh, intricate piece of the story yeah it's and it's never checked at all it's just yeah. yeah like i can't imagine someone i can't like my mom doesn't um talk about my friends mm-hmm. um she's really good at like being like well that's your life but right. i can't imagine like that being my home girl mm-hmm. they almost fucking died mm-hmm. right and you just in passing just randomly while we talking about sandwich just randomly talking about my friend and degrade her yeah. and then i just move i don't say anything i don't check you and i just move mm-hmm. on like mm-hmm. that's strange to me yeah like my friend almost died mm-hmm. i'm not gonna just let you talk about her yeah this is this was weird yeah. and then it's, it's like they just insert it and it just goes by like it's nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um something that i will say like it is culturally okay and not really okay but within our culture there are groups of black people who do this who mm-hmm. shit on other black people they're all about and for black people but it's okay mm-hmm. there's a certain group of black folks that we could just sit here and shit on yeah like it's okay mm-hmm. and i had i actually had like a like a family fight mm-hmm. oh about this at my father's house which is like i have have i been i back don't want to go there right i haven't i haven't <laughs> been back i haven't been back that was over a year ago and we were like all of us were there, all my siblings, my step-siblings were there, and it turned into like a huge family yeah. fight mm-hmm. because my baby brother is, at the time he was 18, mm-hmm. I want to say, yeah, at the time my baby brother was 18, he was just graduating high school and headed to college. At his graduation, there was only one black woman graduating senior, mm-hmm. right? 
which says to me, you have not experienced a lot of black women outside of your family, outside of your house. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so my stepbrother starts saying this really like wild problematic shit about black women. He's Mm -hmm. framing it. He says ghetto black girls or ghetto black women in this conversation that he's having. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, who are you talking about? Are you talking about Janicia? Are you talking about Jasmine? So that's yeah. me and my sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you talking about when you talk about ghetto black women and why are you comfortable talking about them? Like, it's not two black women sitting here. Like, what? what's so different about, about them, them that you could pop all this shit while we're here? And what's differentiating? Is it because... Is it because we're light-skinned? Is it because I went to college? Is it because, like, what? what is it? Because by all intents and purposes, Jasmine is ghetto. Mm-hmm. So what are you What are you talking about right yeah. now? What is your problem? And, yeah. and normally, because I don't generally have time for conversations like that in my casual life, right? So I'm just trying to enjoy the fact that my little brother graduated and we're mm-hmm. here casually. So normally I wouldn't engage in that, but you're saying this in front of my little brother who's about to go to college, college. and treat black women how? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Is mm-hmm. he gonna get to college and treat a black girl from the hood like she's garbage because of the shit that you're saying? Like it's okay? And if that shit goes unchallenged, then what? Well, anyway, it turned into a huge yeah. family fight. It was a lot of like... Um, it was a lot of abuse. I haven't been back, but I bring that story up to say that we have to really analyze the way that we are talking about other groups of black people in our home lives and in our safe spaces. Cause if we don't challenge it there, that shit, it shows up elsewhere. It shows up elsewhere and it contributes to the ways in which we engage with government and how we vote and policy and all that shit because oftentimes we are not thinking about the least of us we're mm. not thinking about the more marginalized black people than yeah, whoever we are yeah you know what i'm saying and then not acknowledging that if you free up the most marginalized person then yeah. like you benefit from mm-hmm. that like you know it's just i don't know yeah so the classism is still strong the, the classism in is so strong yeah. in the force mm-hmm. yeah okay the women the women in the series. Who are these women? Who are these people? So there is a scene. Nola gets selected for this arts fellowship. Mm-hmm. And she goes to Martha's Vineyard. The fellowship is in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Where you can go and be with other artists and create and focus on your craft. And you get uh, like a $10,000 reward. That's where she meets Brandon Victor Dixon in his tight above the knee shorts. And short sleeve blazer. And short sleeve blazer, which we enjoy mm-hmm. in high fashion. And... And they have this reception, this opening reception. It's outside. It's nice. So it's all black folks. Nola finishes doing this monologue to the camera about it being all black, all artists, yada, yada, yada. There's a break in the reception and Brandon in his tight shorts makes an announcement and introduces the donor, Mm -hmm. the main donor of the experience and it happens to be a white dude it happens to be the white dude from last season who was talking about nation time which also i'm trying to understand why they didn't just hire michael rapaport to play himself so he could just be you know who i'm talking about you know who yeah, that is? Know. Oh, okay yeah I'm, so he could just i'm looking at your face that what that dead man <laughs> he do be looking dead but as a white man who claims to know black people more than we know ourselves mm-hmm. that's basically the white character and who also likes to abuse black women likes to abuse black women and speak on things that he has no, no knowledge of or right over. to speak of yes or authority over god damn shut the fuck up so 
Nation Time ends up being the person who is the donor, the wealthy donor of this experience. Mm-hmm. So he's paid for all the artists to be there and get their $10,000 yeah. or whatever. Did you mention that he defaced Nola's art? No. And season you can get one. into that. Yeah. So in season one, Nola had um, basically a street art project that no one, it was like anonymous that she was doing this mm-hmm. um, about street harassment that she was doing all over Brooklyn, all over Fort Greene, and someone was defacing those pieces. And it turns out in season one that it was this white man who was defacing her pieces you know her protest pieces basically about um street harassment right Mm -hmm. so he is this he's offensive on several levels he is this white man who consistently appropriates black culture he is this white man who claims to be in to love and enjoy black people but Mm -hmm. is constantly exploiting us yeah and again speaking on things in which he has no authority and taking up space instead of like observing Mm -hmm. and and appreciating Mm -hmm. uh over there he's a colonizer of the culture yes there you go he's Mm -hmm. a culture vulture he has defaced her work because he was defacing her work and he actually defaced um that white gentrifiers yeah he's he's the one who actually was doing the g's right so he he got Papo, now divine he's the one who got him sent to jail yeah. basically because the white woman blamed Papo for defacing her stuff because yeah. Papo was also an artist mm-hmm. and did do artwork and did paint and stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. um but he was accused of that crime and ended up serving time for some shit that he, he didn't, didn't do. do and this is all that white man's fault so now we're talking about nola being in this space getting this money from this man who is a vulture on the culture mm-hmm. so he gets up there. He gives this ridiculous speech. Everyone, all the black folks are looking at him like he has five heads, which yeah, he does. he does. So at the end of this speech, he begins to approach Nola, who is still in shock at the fact that she even has to be in this space with, with this, this person. violent person. Yeah. Right. She is at a cocktail table talking to... Um, the artist Tatiana and another black artist who are there at yeah. this fellowship and they seem to be introducing each other and having a hey girl mo- a hey girl mm, moment yeah. and they're in this all black space of people in the same industry yeah right when queen and i are in all black spaces especially with folks who do what we do when mm-hmm. we throw pod and live a podcast event when we go to other podcast events and see other black people we especially black women we treat them with a certain level of familiarity with sisterhood even when they're strangers Mm -hmm. there's a certain like hey girl how's it going good to see you type of energy that we give unless we are already seeing that that's not being reciprocated or unless we know them and they have treated us like garbage or some shit like that she's in conversation with these women and nation time dude is approaching the table Right. And the two women, one of them implies, oh, here comes this sexual predator. Right. So we already know that he is creepy. Yep. He's done all this other shit. And now it's added to the mix that he's like a a predator. predator. Okay. A sexual predator. A sexual predator. What do they do? They say, all right, girl, later. Good luck. They leave her. We're out of here. Good luck. They leave her with this violent ass white man. Mm Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. Like... Huh? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Who does that? Nobody. <laughs> no one does that except for black women that you're never going to speak to ever again. Yeah, yo. If exactly. somebody did that shit to me, you. yeah, no. No, no, no. I don't, I don't leave women, period. I don't mm. leave women standing by themselves with people that they don't know. Like, if I was in that situation with anyone, yeah. with somebody of any race, and a man approached, especially a man who I know is a problem, I'm not gonna abandon that woman. I'm yeah, just not. I'd be like, okay, girl, well. 
Good yeah, luck. Good luck. You're on your own. Okay. You're by yourself. Okay. There's no sense of community here. Yeah. So that when it's supposed to be a community based yes. space. Like how is this happening? How is this happening? Mm-hmm. Where you are the majority. Yeah. It's more black people there. So you might feel a little more safe. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I just Yeah, that to me it just felt like something that would not happen in that space, especially with black women, but also black women who are in your same field. Yes. Who all recognize this man who's approaching as a problem. No one would do that. Yes, there are a few black women who don't know how to act who would do that, but that's such a rare thing. And so when they walked away, it was presented as so normal, like, oh, well, we don't need to stand here and talk to him, so we'll see you later. No one that I know would do that. No, especially after saying sexual predator. Yes. Like, that was just like, that just seals the deal. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe there's like a gray area for someone who doesn't understand how violent this white man is before Mm -hmm. that sexual predator thing because hey everyone doesn't gauge things the way you and i gauge things Mm -hmm. but when someone says sexual predator Mm -hmm. and then you'd be like okay bye like how how do you leave (laughs) yeah what (laughs) bye girl bye hope you make it out of this Mm -hmm. hope you survive hope you don't have a nervous breakdown hope he doesn't sexually harass you but we'll never know because we're walking we're away. Go, we're, we're over here. Absolutely not. What? Absolutely not. Especially mm. when I've had a few drinks. I'm not leaving you. I might actually verbally say, girl, I'm going to stay here. Okay? You let me know how it goes. You know how it's many on times? Site. I'm I ready. Be, you know how many times I'm like, you okay? Mm-hmm. You good? Mm-hmm. You fine? You yeah. want to? I don't think you should talk to him now. And yeah. you know, like, just like, mm-hmm. I can't even, even out my drunkest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. And these people were not drunk, but it's just to say that even when I'm in states of inebriation where you think my judgment yeah. um, isn't sound, I'm still like, nah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what? Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I... The first rule of you okay, sis, is are you are okay, you okay sis? sis? Not There's a reason why black women travel in packs. Yes. We are not safe. Yes. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I literally, yesterday, me and Jay were together all day. She was going to the bathroom. I didn't have to go. But I was like, mm-hmm. hey, do you need me to go right. <laughs> just to the fucking right. bathroom? Right, 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 right. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it was weird and disappointing. And it just kind of reminded me of how careless I feel like black women have been written. Well, in, in the last season, they were really written sloppily. So sloppy. And so it just reminded me of that. That element of like... Like this underlying theme of black women don't support or look out for for each each other other. or have any level of sisterhood. Mm -hmm. That really bothers me as a theme in this series about black women. Yes. So I found Opal very annoying this season. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I didn't really get to know her last season, um, but this season I'm just like, she's fucking annoying. Yeah. So Opal is the older lesbian woman that Nola is dating or was dating last season casually and and has now formed a serious relationship relationship with. with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was like the first episode is when I realized, okay, they're in a serious relationship now. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, a committed relationship or whatever. The scene was like the mom breakfast, getting ready for school or whatever like that. But it just was the contrast of seeing her being such type A and then like Nola being such a uh, dingbat. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was just like so contrast that for me, I I always, Nola's highly annoying. She's mm-hmm. a jerk. She gets on my nerves. So I'm not saying one was better than the other, mm-hmm. but it just made Opal like really annoying to me. Yeah. It was just like our, 
is she annoying because she's a mother? Like, I don't, I don't. Is motherhood annoying? Does motherhood mm-hmm. make you annoy? That's what I got from that because mm-hmm. she was mothering both of them in that in that space. And there's ways for you to be a productive, organized, gotcha shit together adult and not mm-hmm. be annoying. Right. So in this scene, we're at Opal's house, mm-hmm. and they're in the morning. They're getting ready for work or school or whatever. Opal's daughter Skylar is there, and Opal is trying to get her daughter to finish breakfast. And Nola's like, yeah, finish your cereal, and then we can do the thing. And so Skylar, the daughter, takes another spoonful of her cereal, and then she gets up, and her and Nola are doing this photo shoot. Nola's taking pictures of her, and Opal is like, enough already with the fucking pictures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because Nola's a photographer now, too. Well, she always took pictures. Oh, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess she did. Mm -hmm. See, I don't like her, so I don't remember. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it was just that, and then that kind of became like the ongoing thing with their relationship of nola being a dingbat and opal being this really like organized kind of um i wouldn't even really say type a but this like this person with responsibilities mm-hmm. and just seeing i don't know i'm very into um, no, i don't really do that too much in my relationships either but like you know who nola is you know she's a fucking dingbat mm-hmm. <laughs> she's gonna be a dingbat right. so it was annoying to see her like mother her and like Get it together. You got to get your life 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 together. Mm. And it's like, she's a fucking dingbag. She's mm. not going to get her life together. Like, <laughs> right. you know, it was just like yeah, being we, a dead we horse. We knew that last season. Yeah, we yeah. knew that last season. You decided, to, you you actually knew that last season and told her to get her shit together. Mm-hmm. Come back to me when you get your shit together. Mm-hmm. And she came back to you without her shit together and now y'all in a relationship and you're yeah. gonna yell about her about getting her shit together. Like, she is who she is. So that was very annoying to me. I don't like to see that play out in any relationships where a person showed you who they are mm-hmm. and you're still, like, challenging what that is mm-hmm. and trying to change them. Yeah. Like, I don't like that shit. That shit is just, like, annoying. Annoying and, like, controlling mm-hmm. in ways. It's just like, no, if you either accept that person as who they are, accept the dingbat, or move on with your life. Mm. That type of thing. So the scene and dynamic was just highly, highly annoying mm-hmm. for me. It felt a little ageist also because yeah. I know that Opal is supposed to be older. I guess she comes off like she's in her late 30s. Mm-hmm. And I think Nola's supposed to be like in her late 20s. Mm-hmm. Maybe 30. I don't know. But Who, Nola? Yeah. No, I think she's in her 20s. Okay. All right. It seemed like on both ends ageist it seemed like Mm -hmm. opal as a single mother a mom somebody with her own business somebody with like you said responsibilities and stuff like Mm -hmm. that it seemed like they made her again like you said super annoying and super stiff and and not go with the flow in any aspect like we know people with kids and responsibilities and stuff like that who can still have a good time and relax like she owns like a a fucking plant nursery thingy like i would Think she'd be a little loose. I don't know. That's Smell funny. some lavender. It was just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Why is she so uptight? So that was weird. And then, and why are people who wear glasses always uptight? That's but, funny. <laughs> like, that's funny. I don't. What's happening? And then Nola, even though we know she's a dingbat, it also felt like they were portraying her because she's in her twenties to just like no responsibility, no idea yeah. of, of any level of order or yeah. or like. This this part, okay, so black people, I feel like we respect the relationship of like parent and child. Like we have a, a certain very cultural understanding of that shit. Mm-hmm. And like 
we don't mess with that. When you see a mother telling her kid to like do whatever the fuck, you don't mess with that. It's like, yo, do, yeah. what, your, do what your mom said. Again, we said this a lot last review series. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck raised yeah nola yeah who raised her it's, and then i weird. see your mama talk about shemeca but you running around like, like you had no like, home training meanwhile you had a whole home that your parents <laughs> own okay and they they trained you because you were also an artist so yeah. like what? what so that was that was weird the way that nola didn't seem to respect bound the boundaries, boundaries of that yeah. certain mm-hmm. things i certain things i can get like maybe perhaps she was getting too close to the daughter as just a girlfriend like you don't know y'all could break up and then Skylar's gonna miss you and shit like you have yeah. to be careful with stuff mm-hmm. like that so i could see how that could happen like sometimes people don't pay attention to that or are not hip to yeah. that experience because mm-hmm. they haven't had it before but something as simple as Yo, her mom wants her to finish her fucking breakfast, breakfast and you're laughing and giggling and taking the shoot and like that's weird. That yes. was that was weird. Yes. That was weird. So to me it felt ages in both directions. Like people in their twenties, which is how I felt about all last season. Yeah. People in their twenties don't know what's going on, don't have no goddamn sense. They just do whatever. And people, women who are older, have too much goddamn sense that it's not fun, it's not good, it's, it's not rigid. flexible. They don't right. move, they're not fluid, like and yeah. that's not rigid. Just, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't like that. And I think it's it was real it's real specific to bl- women and black women. Yeah. That word. that perception of those two mm-hmm. extremes, I think. Mm-hmm. So you wrote this, and I'll let you get into it, and then I have a little bit of a different take on it. I wasn't really into them humanizing the white woman, the one who, because of her and this white man now, we know divine as he is now called, mm-hmm. had to go to um, you know, prison or whatever. Can you tell us who the white woman is? Oh yeah, and so what we're yeah, about? so the white woman in the last season, um, she is the one who called the police on divine because she said accused him of putting the g's right. on her property mm-hmm. on her brownstone mm-hmm. um i do kind of get what they was doing where in this in the, this season season mm-hmm. two where her and divine spoke and she was like well why are you always sitting on my stoop she didn't say it in that way i just put, say it in that way because mm-hmm. i don't like her um <laughs> But he was like, he grew up in that building. So I guess it's like the story is coming full circle. But I didn't really like seeing her. I guess she's a part of the neighborhood. But them like trying to humanize her or maybe like make us feel bad for her. Because okay, there was so a I'll scene. I'll explain the scene. So Papo is now works for the parks department. Mm-hmm. So he's out cleaning the block or whatever. And Rebecca, Karen, Susan, whatever her name is, is now sitting on the stoop and calls him over. Waves to him. Hey, Papa, how's it going? Or whatever. And calls him over. Because she wants friends because she's lonely. Like, if you see earlier in the series, um, I don't... Maybe I'm mixing up my order, but there is another scene where Nola is having something at her house. Um, I think that's when she's having Shemekka's release mm-hmm. of her, her, her product line thing, or whatever right. mm-hmm. and then she sees everyone goes to nola's house and she also sees nola's white friend going to the house and she's like she even invited you <laughs> and <laughs> she's like yeah that's funny i didn't think of it as racial until you just said it but she's yeah, like oh so she, she invited, invited another you, white but, girl yeah. i'm not invited yeah she's yeah. like yeah and, it's, and then she's just like oh like to me like oh i'm this lonely white person in this neighborhood i don't give a fuck that you're this yeah. lonely white person in this neighborhood you're a mm-hmm. gentrifier so now you're trying to be friends with papa who you sent to jail mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. like no no fuck out of here get out of here yeah. i don't want to see you i don't want to absorb any of your feelings i don't want you to realize oh my god i'm this hot yeah. i don't need that shit mm-hmm. i don't need to see that shit mm-hmm. i'd rather just look at these black people right 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 so i didn't, I didn't care for that yeah papo comes over and they basically have a whole conversation about what happened she's mm-hmm. like you know i'm sorry that happened to you when i called the cops i thought they were just gonna give you a warning i just wanted you off of my stoop i didn't expect them to like send you to jail and book you and you'd have to do time and shit mm-hmm. like that and then she talked about yeah she does go into her woes of like being lonely in the neighborhood and how she bought that house with her uh settlement money yeah and i think that oh and then they do go into like gentrification how you mentioned him and, yeah. and divine is like she's like well why are you always on my stoop he's like this actually was my stoop i used to live here this yeah. i grew up in this house mm-hmm. so i thought that that conversation was important but to your point about like them humanizing her, I do, I do see that, and I, initially I did not like that shit. Mm-hmm. I did not like. Why are we spending time to hear out this white woman and hear her story? I feel like there's so many places and spaces where we are forced to hear the humanizing of a violent white person and their story and shit like that. But one of the things that I thought about are like day to day interactions with white folks, like people that we know that just fucking be around or whatever and i feel like sometimes it is easier especially for us who do this work and are thinking about these things all the time to like premeditate how we would handle something and again for people like us i think that we have standard responses to how we deal with violent white people you know what i'm saying and we know how we're going to deal with it and what that interaction is going to be like and i feel like sometimes day-to-day interactions with white women like her they in reality play out a little bit differently like i feel like someone like divine who is out there cleaning up and has that time on his hands really to have that conversation and has gone through this experience of like quote unquote discovering himself and gaining knowledge of self or whatever that he might actually engage that conversation in real life like i could see in real life them having that yeah i didn't mind him in that space Mm -hmm. it's her i didn't mind like that i wasn't not even that scene was like the just the whole overall thing because that's why i started with making sure i brought up that nola situation when everyone was going to the house mm-hmm. and whatever it's not even that's that's not that scene for oh, me I see just what you're period saying. overall like right. i don't need that i didn't need her to have i didn't care i didn't mm-hmm. care about that i didn't care for that right wouldn't give a seeing fuck. that she had feelings i don't at all. i don't care yeah i don't why should i care about your feelings mm-hmm. you didn't care about papa had a whole story that you didn't even think to even care or ask about from jump so no mm-hmm. i don't care about your story mm-hmm. i don't care about none of that shit facts fuck out of here facts facts mm-hmm. facts i agree with that i did like her saying out loud for for whatever whatever white people watch this series on netflix i did like her saying out loud i thought they were just gonna arrest you or i thought you get a warning right because i feel like for white people the five of them who are not evil and the five of them who are just maybe a little bit clueless or whatever, I feel like there are people who think the justice system actually works and a cop is going to use fairness or reasoning when he sees a black person and just give him a warning or some shit like that. And that's not how it works. We die. We die. We get killed. We get locked up. I want to correct you. The justice system does work for them. So like... No, what, what I'm saying, we know that. But what I'm saying is that I feel like... While there are white folks who call the cops on us to police us and to take care of us and to do whatever it is they need to get done at any cost and don't care, I feel like there are white folks who really do believe that there is an element of fair, that fairness exists and that a cop will use their reasoning 
and reason that I don't need to lock this person up for fucking 18 months. This guy can get a warning. Like, I feel like there are white people who believe that. That's nice of you to think that. Mm -hmm. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So another thing that really, really irked me about the series is Opal and Nola kind of being the only queer people in the series. In Brooklyn. Like, where the fuck is that? And then, like, as a New Yorker, Mm -hmm. as a queer person, even as a straight person, you see the communities, you see the way queer people create community and how Mm -hmm. they commune and how they're like... I don't see queer isolation too much living in New York City. Mm-hmm. So it was just was weird that like they were the only right. they didn't have any of friends. Well, there's but, a scene, there's a scene when they're outside at, at what looks to be like a rooftop bar mm-hmm. and they're sitting across from another couple, yeah. another lesbian mm-hmm. couple. Even though I f- I did find that interaction to be fucking weird. Yeah, it was weird. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah. just weird. It's just like Ooh, and they seem to they seemed like they and were queer saying, people exist not only in couples too so like why right. did it have to be another couple it was just like it was weird yeah yeah it seemed like that that moment when they were with the other lesbian couple it was about like because they were being nola and opal were being um like displaying pda or whatever and being publicly affectionate and it felt like the other lesbian couple was like oh was your daughter okay with that like basically still asking is it okay for us to be gay in public yeah yes you know basically yeah it was like they were only there to have that conversation and that was that weird was, yeah. and is there's this overall to your point there's this overall like further marginalization of queer folks yeah like they're in this they're here they're in it but are we actually acknowledging that this is not some like fringe strange underground population of people and this is like actual like people loving each other and enjoying each other whatever the fucking whatever it it was and that scene particular is portrayed like an alternative lifestyle and it's like what yeah the fuck like what what are you doing Mm -hmm. what what what, especially for new for for a new yorker right for a new york space Mm -hmm. to present queerness in this way that shit was whack and washed and like it just, it, just, it was just bad. It's mm-hmm. just bad. You can't. You can't do that. You mm-hmm. can't be doing that. It was just like bad, faulty, and from a very, very, very straight lens. And it's like I don't know who these writers are. I don't know if they have queer writers, queer writers, for this. But like, that was the queer table. Mm-hmm. It, it was just weird. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> You have to tell people what the queer okay, table is. Okay, so the queer table is. There's been a few times where I've been sat at the queer table, <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And, and I'm, la- I'm not laughing because it's funny. <laughs> it's like tragic humor. Like it's, it's like, like, what the fuck? What? And it's like usually a straight person who thinks they're doing something great, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna sit you with I, the other I, gay I'm people just, here, as if, the other as queer people here. As if we don't know each other. Yeah. As, as if, if we don't, don't know other people, people right. in real life, and you're gonna like bring us together mm-hmm. so that we can like meet other queers. Yeah. That's what this. Uh, that's what that right, scene was. Right, it was right, just like, right. what mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. St- straight people, stop it! Stop sitting queer people at queer tables. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, that's that. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Like you're you're being queer phobic. <laughs> it happened again this weekend. Yes, it did. It was awkward. Stop doing that. Yeah, I didn't expect it. I was like, oh shit, I'm at another queer table. <laughs> 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 oh god i'm so sorry <laughs> i didn't do it but i feel i feel complicit 
I do, I do. Yeah, so I'm talking to the straights. Yeah. Stop sitting us at queer tables. Yeah. Stop, like, if you're a, um, producing media mm-hmm. and you want to talk about queerness, like, I don't know, hire a queer person because mm-hmm. y'all, y'all are doing it bad. Y'all are doing it wrong. You gone too far. If you and, and if you're if you're seeking inclusivity, like being inclusive mm. of black queers, of black people in queer spaces, like remove yourself, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. remove yourself. And I'm not talking about from the queer table. Like right. don't don't make a queer table. Right. But like there's ways to have these conversations. Maybe engage with conversations first before you try to present mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. Because you're like, I don't know, y'all just Y'all straights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> straights who are not adjacent to queerness. Mm. Be fucking it up. Yeah. Y'all yeah. be fucking it up. Mm-hmm. Like, get that together. To further, to further amplify this point. So I felt like they were doing this from jump, like the othering of the of um queerness from mm-hmm. the beginning. So the, the Oh, with those shoes? No, but what shoes? Um, season one when Nola was like she stopped fucking with the men that she was fucking with. Oh, and she with. started wearing ugly shoes? Yeah, started yeah. wearing those, I don't know. They're, they're no I think, white they lesbian clogs? shoes. Clogs? Not clogs. Birkenstocks? Yes. Oh, right, right, right. The white lesbian shoes. The shoe. white lesbian shoes, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. they use that shoe to make a statement mm-hmm. about her queerness. I think the new white lesbian shoe is Tevas, or Tevas. I feel like I don't I, know I what that like is. Those are my ugly shoes. That oh, I, I hate wear all those. The time. Yeah, those <laughs> are the shoes. I hate those. But things. the only reason I bring that up is because um, I'm not a white lesbian <laughs> or, or a black lesbian, and I just like comfort. She just, I'm about to say she just likes comfort. I just like comfort. Yo, you want to get in my pants? Send me a pair of Tevas with a fresh new pattern. Yo, let me tell y'all. Ooh. She 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 tried to buy some platform Tevas. I'm like, what is this bitch doing? <laughs> they weren't platform enough. She, she returned enough. them. I did. I re- well, they, you know, I'm lazy, so they're I still in my like, house. But I am going to return. Why them. is she leaning into I this? I just want. T- this is why everyone assumes you're queer because of these I shoes. I don't care. I know you don't care. Right, I'm right. just saying. I like comfort. Because of, they try to have Jay at the queer table too. <laughs> because of the shoes, wait, I'm sure. Wait, wait, wait. She <laughs> because did, of her shoes. She did look at me and say, you, you, you're not queer? No. But yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I told you that already. <laughs> I just want to sit with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be comfortable. Because you had them on your TV. Your TV is. I had them on all day. <laughs> but somebody did say, Jay, you look very beautiful today in my TV show. I'll they be was, getting. They were talking from them. the ankle up. They were talking from the ankle up. Bye-bye. Listen. Listen, I like to be comfortable. But anyway, yes. So, no, I wasn't talking about the white lesbian shoes. What I was <laughs> talking about was this season. When this season opened, mm-hmm. The first episode, there's this long scene of Nola and Opal having, having sex, sex and making love or whatever, mm-hmm. which I thought was fantastic. And I think that it's it's rarely. I know you had commentary about that, yeah, that scene. scene, yeah, but <laughs> but it is very rare that we see black lesbians having sex on TV, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was cool. What irritated me about it was that they were playing Madonna. Oh, it yeah, was very, I and I, like I felt like they were pink washing like black sex. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when it is two heterosexual black people having sex, there's this like black love type of energy it and shit. It would be R&B playing. Yeah, it would be something. It would, the artist would be black. Yeah, the would artist be some, would be yeah. black. Mm-hmm. So even if you played some quote unquote allegedly alternative black shit, play a fucking black artist. Mm-hmm. Why are we playing fucking Madonna, '90s Madonna? 
Why are we doing that? Because it's an alternative lifestyle. Right. That's, I felt like it was pink washing black love. Because these two, they weren't just, I mean, they were having sex, but these, this is also like a couple who is mm-hmm. in love and it ends with them saying, I love you and yeah. all this stuff or whatever. Why are we using what people have called a, a, a gay, a white gay icon? Why are we using that yeah, in the scene, especially in this series where music is they so They could have played integral. anything. They could have played Janet Jackson. Yes. They could have played Jenna Jackson anytime, yes. anywhere. Anything. Anytime, anywhere. That's yes. That's yes. a great sex song. Play a black person. Could have played So that. I thought that was fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like they were painting bi-ness, homosexuality, lesbianness as white, as mm-hmm. a white thing. Yeah. Because I feel mm-hmm. like a part of that notion of like alternative is that black people aren't allowed to do quote unquote yeah, alternative things. things. So this is white. Yeah. You you had other issues with the sex scene. I don't like the sex scene because I wish I would have just seen some toys. Like there is penetration mm-hmm. in lesbian sex as well. Right. Um, well, it's sex. I'm just saying that for you know that there's two women having right. sex. Yeah, that's penetration happens. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, people scissor. I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am into the oral. But like, mm-hmm. Could we see some toys? Could we see a vibe? Like, there's other things that happen when women have sex with each other. There is penetration when women have sex with each other. And I wish that that could have transpired mm-hmm. because, yeah. And it just seemed very, like, for men to watch, I thought. Mm-hmm. Even, like... Like lesbian porn for, for straight men. Yeah. Straight men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was into it. I did not like Nola's braids in the sex scenes. I felt like they were making a <laughs> joke out of it. Like, they were making a game. Oh, yes, they were. They were- like it was a fucking joke yeah. so uh, people here at tea with queen and jay y'all listeners know we like hair we like to buy hair we yeah. like to wear hair we like it long we like it short we like mm-hmm. to do all different shit with our hair if you're a right? hair sponsor <laughs> if you're up. a hair sponsor hit, hit us up yo okay I, I wear color 60 hit mm-hmm. me up mm-hmm. so i wear all the colors don't be wearing my colors. i wear all the colors yes so send us packs of hair okay or do our hair yo can, can one of y'all like do our hair Okay. All right. All right. I'm back. I'm done. <laughs> so I like playing with with my hair during sex. I do like doing different shit with my hair. I like flip if I ha- if it's long twists. I like flipping it over yeah. my shoulder. I like it becomes mm-hmm. a part of the yes. experience. But she was doing shit like people who never had braids was 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 upset was telling shit. her yo split it up okay split it down the middle and hold it with two hands and then do this okay now flip it and put it i'm like who does to that me, with their hair during sex to, yeah and i and like to take it out of the context of sex she reminded me of when you were a little girl and you first got like any hairstyle with length mm-hmm. so like you, you were just doing, doing wild stuff. different shit with it your <laughs> like, first time with yeah, extensions yeah, yeah. It, that it was really annoying. Yeah, it was. I didn't like it. There's I this scene. Either. All right, so there's this scene where she's giving Opal oral sex, and Opal is on the bed, and Nola is on her knees, either off the bed or the way that it's shot. You can see it looks like she's lower than Opal. Yeah. But anyway, she has two handfuls of her braids. Like each hand of her braids is like stretched out, like in a Jesus kind of pose, <laughs> like if she's on a cross or whatever. And she's holding her hair like one bundle in one hand and one in the other. Like she has it split down the middle. Like horizontally. Like, eats, yeah, horizontally. While, while she eating pussy. While she eats pussy. And I'm, I'm looking at this 
And I'm thinking, first of all, this takes a lot of upper arm strength. Yes. And her holding the hair is not contributing to, to eat her pussy. eating Lord Opal out in any way. At all. That's not like. I don't. That's not. I understand wanting to have your hair out the way. You don't want to get any been, bodily fluids in your hair. But what would have been sexier is if Opal was holding her hair back. Thank you. And like, what, 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 is, ha- what you. is happening Thank here? Thank you. It looked like people who never had braids or twists <laughs> or knew anybody or ever had sex with a person with braids and or twists. honestly. As a person who will eat a pussy, mm-hmm. I don't care if my I'll just rinse it out my hair. Oh, you nasty! Like I can smell it later. Like it's not that you're fucking gross. I am. That's fucking like, gross. I don't care. Okay. Nah, like, I don't want no bodily fluids in my hair when I'm having sex. I don't care. I'm not thinking about that when I'm having sex. That's amazing. And if I am thinking about that, I would just ask her to hold my hair. Nah, I be telling my partner, yo, do not sweat in my hair, yo. Don't fucking sweat in my hair. You're obsessive. Don't. Oh, you're right. You're obsessive. You're right. You're right. Um, And I like smells. Like, I like smells. I like smells, too, but not when I'm not doing where the smell matches. I don't want to be, like, at the store smelling somebody's balls in my weave. I well, we're not gonna say that. I was say I like very, very clean people. No, I like clean people. I know too, you do too. I'm just saying. But I don't want to smell it in my hair. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I like smells. I like I clean and the pheromones. Smell mm-hmm. them later or whatever. But um, it's just other ways to do that, yeah. and it just lets me know that whoever choreographed that scene has never been a person oh my where God. two women had sex. Do you before. know what it felt like? It felt like race porn. It felt like we have a black girl here with braids. Let her. She should split her hair down the middle. I always wanted to know what that would be like. That's how it felt. Uh-huh. I don't know. All right. But I didn't like stupid. that shit. Opal should have just held her hair. Yeah. Me. I don't okay. understand. Okay. Or get a fucking scrunchie. Like, well, that's not, as, that's not as sexy. It don't matter. But it was other sexy stuff that could have been done. Get a scrunchie. I don't know. All right. Are we ready to get into this funky bullshit? Um, oh, Okay. So Nola, like we said, gets accepted to this fellowship. She mm-hmm. goes to this retreat at Martha's Vineyard and she meets another black artist um, by the name of Olu. And he does artwork with cow dung. He is a continental African who is a British, black Mm-mm. British dude. Or whatever, yeah. Right. So he grew up in the UK. <sighs> so <laughs> it just makes me so upset. You look so disappointed. I'm just annoyed. It's annoying. It's like, I don't like, it's not even fun. I don't no. even want to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, so she meets this dude. He's sexy as fuck. He's actually, Spike Lee loves Hamilton, apparently. So he, he was in, in Hamilton. He mm-hmm. played the, the one that I saw, the Hamilton, the version of Hamilton that I saw on Broadway. He played Hamilton or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing actor. He's mm-hmm. dope. I also don't think that he's British. I would fuck him. I don't know that. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I would fuck him too. Just but wanted to say that. Thank you. Cause thank he, you. Because he might listen. Or yes. His, or his friend. Yes. Okay. Listen. I'm sure he has a friend who listens. And I'll probably fuck his friend too. Together. Okay, oh, go. Let's okay. just All right, cool. <laughs> just continue. I want to... Speaking of fucking his friend together, when <laughs> she arrived at Martha's Vineyard and Brandon showed up, I'm like, ooh, I hope she fucks him, Me right? Too! Yes! Yes! And we didn't get that. No, we didn't get that. I was watching it with my partner. I was, my partner was like, nah, I don't think she's going to fuck him. I think she's going to fuck Olu. I'm like, I want her to fuck him too. Like, I, I want her see, to fuck both of them. I want to see all the black man buns. Could we have more... Not even more, because I don't know if I see this on TV. Could we have threesome with two men and women more? Like, I, I like want to see that. I would have really enjoyed that. Okay. <laughs> Moment of silence for that. So Michael Luwoye, uh, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. He's a Nigerian-American actor who plays this, plays Olu, again, this um, black British dude. 
uh, who was a continental African, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They had many ridiculous conversations. Maybe. I think maybe all of their conversations were None ridiculous. None of them were worth listening to. That's right. why I just wanted him to take his clothes off. Right, right. And yeah. it was rewarding yeah. when, when he did. Yeah. Was. Yes, there was, there was man booty. Yeah. Okay, so they yeah. had a bunch of ridiculous conversations. Their main and most ridiculous conversation was about uh, black British actors taking, quote unquote, allegedly taking American roles, mm-hmm. right? And, and portraying black American actors on screen. Yeah. So during this conversation, Nola butchers John Boyega's name. <laughs> she butchers, yeah, she butchers, she would tell Igio Four's name. That's the actor who played the main character in 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. So she butchers his name. And I think it's just those two, but I'm sure she would have butchered any other um, black British continental she African. She has no dude. respect. No respect. None no respect so anyway so she butchers their names and starts talking about how she feels like black british actors need to fall back and start stop taking roles from american folks he says something about it i don't know whatever not mattering i don't know oh, he wasn't eating pussy so who cares right so he wasn't was, why is your mouth moving you're not eating a pussy why are you speaking show us your buns <laughs> Anyway, but he's then he starts talking about how he feels like, well, maybe the burden of the slave trade is not on the back of black British folks. And so they can immerse themselves in the actual acting without Mm -hmm. the burden of that type of blackness. And then she tries to school him. No, what are you talking about? Black British folks experience this, that, whatever. Anyway, it was a ridiculous conversation and it was a start a conversation ass nigga type of conversation. Yeah, It wasn't like a... um, thought-provoking conversation it wasn't a critical look at anything it's like it was like oh see people talking about this they said this on twitter we're gonna say it right now we're gonna say it here so it was disappointing because it's such an important conversation i think to be had within our community Mm -hmm. and i mean the um the black diaspora community like we are a global community of black people we experience shit together we experience different shit yeah these things should be addressed critically and i felt like that conversation had already been sparked off screen Mm -hmm. if you are going to bring it into this series push the conversation yeah why were they were really extremely lazy about Mm -hmm. it just like copy and paste put it here Mm -hmm. move on like if you're not gonna do it don't do it don't do it don't do it don't do it so a few things about this conversation off top the butchering of african names yeah right so i feel like as a society of black people around the world in 2019 i feel like we have decided and agreed and acknowledged that you don't fuck up people's names like that it's not funny white people love fucking up our names and it's our job as diasporatical people as black folks of a variety of different experiences and ethnic backgrounds you don't fuck up people's name you don't fuck up tanisha's name you don't fuck up shaquita's name you don't fuck up fatu's name you don't fuck up fucking sahida's name you don't fuck up people's names you don't you don't do that it's not right it's not right it's not funny at all and it's basic and i feel like an artist a quote-unquote allegedly pro-black artist like nola that's not that's not a game she would engage in if it felt very 1920s it felt very lunch table in the cafeteria the sixth grade cafeteria i think you give her too much credit 
Well, I just mean the character, who she's supposed to be, who they keep telling us that she's supposed to mm-hmm. be. It felt weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like she's not. That's why I don't get why people yeah. find her interesting. She's mad flat. She's mm-hmm. mad two dimensional. There's mm-hmm. nothing deep about her right. at all. Right. I don't get why people keep giving her fellowships. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> understand <laughs> why is nola winning she's flat as shit yeah. like as a person mm-hmm. just there's nothing deep about her i right. don't get it right 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 so that upset me and then the actual conversation that they were having about black american actors versus black british actors yeah so they're re- they're kind of repeating elements of conversations that have happened in real life. Mm-hmm. And again, not taking it forward and really kind of butchering what has already been said. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it on this show a few times in the past. And yeah. I feel like a, a mistake that black folks of all ethnicities and backgrounds and nationalities, a mistake that we make is putting the blame on other black people. Yeah. When we know that... The blame is white supremacy. The blame is white supremacy. It's right, not yeah, fuck? it's not about black British folks coming here and taking our roles. White America does white people, the colonized world, they do not like or fuck with black people. So if there is a role for black people, they're gonna hire the lightest of us. Yeah. They're gonna hire those that seem furthest away from black Americanness. Yes. Because white folks, particularly in America, still have an affinity for black okay. British shit, for that colonial mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. So yes, they do see black British folks as having more of um more complexity to them more interest and and being more aligned with white folks yeah that is not the fault of black british folks at all who still have a very difficult time finding roles yes like they literally come went to another country to find find a role like there's not like there's not movies and acting and shit and 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 right and britain yes so i think that this is a, this is a conversation like worth having mm-hmm. i get it but i think that we need to have that shit with more nuance and with more blame Word. on white supremacy and the white folks that are doing this the the consistent like pitting us against each other yeah um to talk about what jobs one should be having versus the other yeah. like it's it's a little bit it's, it's tired it was basic it was basic, basic and as fuck. And Nola's basic. Nola is wild basic. And in this black British conversation, the xenophobia of fucking up these African names. Yeah. It's not okay. It was weird to me. Did he correct her? I can't remember. He kind of laughed it off, I think. It's just because he probably just heard it all. Yeah. Who knows? But it was just yeah. like strange. It was just so strange. Mm-hmm. What's about like I've dated I've dated a lot of West African men. I dated a, a black Brit. Mm-hmm. And I know me, I fuck up names all the time. They would correct my ass and I will apologize. You know, it's just right. like And and you don't you don't do it in jest. Like no, it's nothing exactly. funny. It's nothing I'm not funny yeah, about I'm not it. doing it right. for comedy. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it to degrade a person. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just oh Yeah. Gross. And and there are there are black folks in twenty nineteen who still make fun of Shakisha, Tanisha, Janicia. Like there are people who still do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that shit is basic as ignorant. It's not, it's not okay. That's not the norm. Exactly. And I really wish that they had taken this conversation further instead of like just adding more spice to it. I wish they took it out because I don't think they have the keys. I don't think they no. have the range. No. I don't think they know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I think the show should stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to hear something? It gets worse. Okay. All right, so I'm going to bring it into real life. So in real life, um, our friends on Black Twitter were talking about how trash it was and everything that we're saying. Yeah. John Boyega caught wind of it and re um, retweeted it with and, and said trash. Like that, that mm-hmm. clip was trash. Yeah. Because it is trash. Yes. Okay. Trash. Trash. <laughs> trash. Trash. 
trash. Rubbish. Absolute trash. This is Bullocks, man. Absolute rubbish. Bullocks, fam. Rubbish. All right, sorry. We apologize. They say rubbish, though. No, they do say rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. They were slacking off on him. All right. I'm done. Sorry. I apologize. I said I'm sorry. So... So he calls it trash. So Brian Michael Cooper, who wrote that episode mm-hmm. and is an OG writer, he wrote New Jack City and um, some other stuff, right? Wrote, <laughs> directed, and produced. Mm-hmm. OG writer. I'm going to go ahead and call him an elder for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. He has a gray beard. Okay. So he writes an open letter to John Boyega. Have you heard about this? Have no. you read it? No, this news. Go ahead. Yeah. So he writes an open letter to When I saw it happening, I was like, I'm not going in there. Like, I feel like I've had this conversation already. So I didn't right, like, backed I out didn't, of yeah, it. I didn't delve deep. So he writes an open letter to John Boyega. Michael, Brian Michael Cooper is a black American man who's older. I'm, I'm going to say he's at least like in his late 40s, 50s, maybe 60. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But he's older he's than John older Boyega. Than he's older, and older than, than us John and older than John Boyega. So he starts off by saying, hey, John, you know, I respect your work. I respect who you are, first off, da-da-da-da. And in this scene, we jokingly butchered your name, and I apologize for that, and I understand your frustration. Okay, so while I did paraphrase, the length of what he said was legit about that long. That was Mm -hmm. the apology. He then proceeds to write- Wait, he wrote a letter? This is not a tweet. This is an open letter. So this is an open letter that he posted in IndieWire, and she's got to have it- Write a response to John Boyega's trash comment over Spike Lee series exclusive. So this is where he posts this letter. He talks about, he begins by saying how how talented he thinks John Boyega is or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So that's one paragraph. The next paragraph, I'm writing you about a statement you made in a Twitter post addressing blah, 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 Netflix, concerns, da, da, da. After explaining what the scene is, he explains mm-hmm. that Spike Lee did not write it. To clarify that shit. Mm-hmm. And then he says, um, in all fairness, Mr. Boyega, you have every right to be incensed by the intentional mispronounce- mispronunciation of you and Mr. Ejiofor's names. My apologies to you both. I write Nola's politicized screed not to only be pr- provocative, but to also bracket her rep- repost or repost. I'd say those both the same way. I don't know. With a historical reference. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, me neither. Nola's measurable diatribe was a means of informing Olu. Okay, so he goes on to explain why he wrote it. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the 15 paragraphs are about why he wrote it and why this is important and why this conversation is important and what Sam Jackson said, you know, about British actors Mm -hmm. and what another British actor responded and said and basically goes on to uh, he apologized to John Boyega in that one sentence and then gives this young actor a history lesson and it felt really like masturbatory like of his own work and like egotistical of his Mm -hmm. own work and it felt like he knew it was wrong to mess up his names, but he wanted to, quote unquote, start this conversation or amplify this conversation. And then he explains the historical context of why he thinks it's, what all this shit that he wants John Boyega to understand. I read a little bit. And then after a while, I'm like, so this is not an apology letter. This is. That doesn't sound like this an is why I did it. No, it was irritating because it felt like it felt like I'm an OG. I'm a school you on what you don't know because you don't understand the context. I of fucked this. up your name. And then I'm a school like I what? I fucked up your name, but here here's, here's why, why it's okay. Here's why it's okay for me context. to fuck up your name. Yeah, it's, it's and to be disrespectful. It's whack. And to degrade you. It was whack. And to say you ain't shit. Basically, it was so whack. And so he basically explains the conversation that has been had, and that folks have been having about Black British actors in Hollywood. But mm-hmm. 
you could have included that in this story in a different way yeah. in this series in a more responsible way that could have happened so yeah. it um, i was disappointed that it happened on screen and then i was further disappointed in reading this long ass letter i'll put the link to the letter in the show notes but i was further disappointed in this because it's not really an apology letter it's a statement further on black americans versus black it was british a, stuff. i'm sorry but that's here's here's why was. this work i did is so important here's why it's a i'm sorry you feel that way that's what it was that's, that's a, what it was uh, so that was whack and disappointing i don't want to waste y'all's time on reading it but again i'll put the link to it in the show notes and you can check out how bad it is so still still nola's slang mm-hmm. nola's new york twang mm-hmm whatever you want to call it it's, it's, it's bad it made me feel uncomfortable a lot of it was outdated a lot of it was i don't know again who, who was writing this you could pay me to consult mm-hmm. like what's yeah. going on it sound like it was just bad it was just bad and to know that it's season two and they're still getting it wrong when i know mm-hmm. they got the feedback mm-hmm. like do you care to know or do you do you actually care about youthful black people and like the conversations we're having and how we're having them like i i would assume that even if you don't there's stuff that there's slang or language that black people younger than me use that i don't understand but i still respect it because i understand how important it is for us to communicate with each other and for us to kind of like have a way for us to have these kind of like bilingual existences Mm -hmm. or like these languages that we speak that no one else can tap into Mm -hmm. like that shit is important that has helped us survive like literally like we literally use that to you know escape from the north from the south to the north like it's hugely important so just to see them disrespected in that way again mm-hmm. when i know they got the feedback i they got the feedback from last season to do that again and not try to do better it's rude it's rude yeah. at this point like it's rude i agree it's upsetting me and my home girl yeah so that slang was uncomfortable jamie's slang was also mad uncomfortable he's supposed to be like a kid who grew up in the hood and then became this quote-unquote successful like black dude his was uncomfortable but his at least to me made a little more sense to have more context because he's like older he i guess would be the one who will code switch the most so maybe he could lose a little like when it comes Mm. to like him still relating to the hood in that way you're saying it was it was more understandable that his slang would be bad like be bad or make me feel uncomfortable. Okay. Hers being so bad and uncomfortable was like, why? Mm-hmm. I have no context as right. to why hers is right, might right, make right. me this uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. For him, I feel like I have more context. Right. He's and separated all, from it. But exactly. Okay. Still trying to tap it into was, it. It's still horrible, but I have more context as to why I was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. or why this was happening yeah. or why this person might be disconnected from the language in that way. Mm-hmm. Her? No, not at all. I, I didn't get it. Yeah. Speaking of Jamie, that whole storyline of him sneaking into his ex-wife's house and like going through his stuff and then getting getting the hounds or the goons to like beat up her new boyfriend or whatever, I just still don't understand the point of it. It was whack. It reminded me of an old R&B video. Mm-hmm. 
Like all they had to do was like play next on top of that whole scene, and it just would have just looked like mm-hmm. a video from two thousand and four. Yeah, next or um, Drew Hill. We're not making <laughs> love. Did they play that no song? No, they didn't. They more. should have. That's what. We're that, not even. Yes. Yeah. That, that would have been. That actually. That would have been. That a song actually might have made, 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 made more sense. Yeah. But it was. It was especially when we know that he is a cheater. Mm-hmm. And I hate the sense of entitlement and exclusiveness that men demand mm-hmm. from their partners when mm-hmm. their partners well, demand from their partners and it's like you don't give that to her yeah. fuck out of here that oh that whole setup was just stupid it was weird even when it, even the lead up to them um beating him up it was, so was stupid i was like this don't even who Whose man's is this? Yeah, so who man's are these? Basically, Jamie goes to his his friend Winnie Win, played by Fat Joe. I hate his voice. Yeah, what you trying to say, Jamie? Jamie, you my man, yo, you my man, Winnie Win. You know I got you, I got you. All right. What was the motivation for that? I don't know. What is that? I don't know. Acting. I don't know. He's actually from New York, though. I don't get it. I didn't get it. Maybe he knows somebody who did that accent or voice. I don't know. So anyway, so Jamie asks Winnie Wynn to send some of the boys to meet Cheryl's boyfriend and beat him up. Yeah. Like, scare him, but don't, like, really hurt him or whatever. Of course, Mm -hmm. they show up. And their exchange, the dudes exchange with the white guy, I guess it was supposed to highlight how much like straight laced white dudes are obsessed with black culture. But I really wish that was done better. I know that like a lot of Spike Lee's work is like campy and does stuff like to the max and over the top. Mm -hmm. So like do it then. Like do it. It Mm -hmm. just seemed just awkward. It just was weirdly. I don't even know how to like to explain what it was that that made me uncomfortable. Lean into stuff more. Mm. They, uh, there's there's things that they coast over mm-hmm. and heart like bad like that that was like a coast over like there's a right. way you could have leaned into that better that they didn't do yeah yeah i agree yes okay this is what it is i think and maybe they're responding to feedback but i think he's campy and goes over the top mm-hmm. but sometimes he coasts over it or they coast over it and it makes it like am i supposed to take this serious Serious? or am i supposed to learn whatever lesson because Mm -hmm. you're being campy but it's not it wasn't campy enough Mm -hmm. so anyway so that whole scene was fucking weird and i don't really know why it existed i don't either so mars Mm -hmm. yo 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 sorry that's how it makes me feel it was too much mars okay for me um i kind of wanted to tell him to shut up a lot of times Mm -hmm. and um why did it have to happen to me? The scene I'm thinking of specifically was when he was at, what's that girl's name? The friend. Clorinda? Yes. When he was at Clorinda's house and he was, I guess he was taking a shit. And singing in the bathroom. Singing. Playing with the bathroom. But that was so long. Like it was a long scene. It was so long. And it wasn't super funny. It was. That's the thing too, is that she's got a habit that's not do comedy well at all. Mm -hmm. It is not a funny show. Mm -hmm. It's not. And they try to be funny and it's like, you're not funny. It's like that one family member who just can never get the joke right. And you just know they always say the corny jokes, but like. It doesn't land. It's never. Mm-hmm. It never lands. The show is not funny. I don't know. Y'all need a, a comedic writer on mm-hmm. that team because y- y'all yeah. don't do that well and at with, all. With Mars, I don't understand. I understand a clown like a modern day clown, mm-hmm. a jester. Like I understand that type of character, but I feel like Mars is like a Puerto Rican from the nineties. 
Like he's a young dude and yeah. his whole character is very 90s. And not not just in his dress. Like we know it's people running around dressed mm-hmm. like the 90s right yeah. now and that's fine. But his energy and his personality, he's not a modern day fool. He's no, not a modern day clown. Like there are funny niggas around. Yes. Higher ones. Yes, but you know? or actually Anthony Ramos is a great actor and he mm-hmm. gives me New York vibes mm-hmm. really really well. Model him after a more current present day Joker. Exactly. Or, and then it, it kind of plays into their ageism again. Right. Where like you're just so careless with the younger characters. Mm. So they're just like fools mm. and like all over the place. And mm. like, you know, it's just. Yeah. Do, Especially, there's ways to do that better. Like yeah. the only responsible young people are the actual kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right, like right, right. what? I, it was, it was, oh, I don't yeah, like Yeah, that, that was weird. Especially now when there are so many like so young social media comedians yeah who you could like fool it's young yes. fools out here right now yes, who you, you could, could model this character out that you could reference yes, after for it's free mm-hmm. there's actually free consultation mm-hmm. in that where you could just look at these people instagram yep. for, um profiles and do the research there mm-hmm. and, but you're not doing that because y'all don't really use instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was whack so back to Olu a little bit mm-hmm. and all the ridiculous things that him and Nola talked about. I feel like Olu is kind of a way, like represents the ways in which the series um, tries to make us feel like Nola is some sort of special exception mm-hmm. to how, I don't know, people are. Like when she goes to Nation Time and she- Nation Time! Nation! <laughs> that was so weird. That was so weird. <laughs> I'm not going there because it was so weird and awkward. <laughs> but she's there. That was the only comedic scene, and it wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. So she's <sighs> she's there, and as we said, that white dude. We're calling him Nation Time. Actually, that's what we're gonna yeah. do. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nation Time is there, and he is his presence is offensive. And I've experienced that with white people before, where like their presence, their mere presence, and the shit them speaking and breathing is offensive, mm-hmm. right? So he's there doing that, being that person, and she so her and olu have this walk on the beach and she's talking about the presence of this white man there like it yeah. does why is he here it doesn't make you uncomfortable that he's here da, da, da. and olu is like i think you're the only one speaking of the other artists there who cares about where the money comes from and i felt like that and, and maybe that's why i'm intrigued by you and i find you special that to me was like such a blanket statement and like another way of like shitting on the overall community of black folks yeah. and i feel like in certain works of art that center black people i feel like there's this need to like make it seem like all other black people are slow and dumb except for this exceptional oh, main character yeah. who's quote unquote woke or whatever when like black people go to work everything Every, that we do dude, is some co-signing of white supremacy yeah. right so they get this fellowship they get these each artist gets ten thousand dollars from nation time or whatever which which a lot of them like just like nola did not know that that's where the money was coming from mm-hmm. until they got there yeah so you get there and just because they decide to stay and do their work and take that money does not mean that they are co-signing the existence of this nation time dude. exactly you know what i'm saying so motherfuckers got bills Yes, people have bills. It's the yes. same way in which we go to work yes, every day. Yes, And Nola was there the whole weekend as well. The whole she time. She stayed she there the leave. whole time as well. She didn't leave. She waited until... The, she also didn't talk to other people. This is another thing. 
We've been in black spaces. We've been at conferences. We've done shit where you talk to the other people, black people, folks around you. Like, yeah. yo, what do you think about, about so-and-so? This? Yo, this, yeah, is, this you, is wild you, shit. You that? Yeah. And it's people who you have a consensus with and it's people who they don't care or whatever. Yeah. And that's just what it is. But this assumption that like all the other black artists there, none of them care where the money is coming from. Nobody cares. Yeah. We're just there to like, you know, get our money and run or whatever, as opposed to not. Nah, it's we have to play in white supremacy a lot of us have to play in it yeah. to live we're very aware of like dirty money and like how to survive and shit like and that. the systems that we're in yes and you can do that and take that money while still challenging the system exactly. and while still challenging what's happening there because yeah, you sure did still use those paints to paint that yes. ugly ass self-portrait that you like doing over and exactly. over and over and over exactly. how many times you gonna paint yourself <laughs> nola how many times yeah, so that was weird, and I, I wish that we had seen her talking to other artists about what they think about him being there and shit like that mm-hmm. before just deciding at the very end. At the very end, at the final dinner, she gets up and does this, like, protest Test, speech. And then she screams nation time. Yeah, and it's implied that just because nobody, like, really joins in with her that no one else cares, yeah. which is not the case, yo. Sometimes I agree with what somebody is doing and their position on something, but I would be sitting there like, girl, you ain't bring this up the whole time. Yeah. You wait until the last day to to like this. to do this now which had you told me beforehand you was gonna do this maybe we could have all got up together and said and scream nation time nation like, what you? time it was like, weird the, the way that she operates in isolation just does not make sense right does not mm-hmm. make sense mm-hmm. there's no way that you're the way they try to make her so deep mm-hmm. there's no way that you do that in isolation mm. that's why she's flat because right. she does it in isolation. It's right. just weird. Right. We're right. communal. We're communal we are communal ass motherfuckers. And we, and we find community. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't find a queer community. You don't find an artist. Like, you meet these artists mm-hmm. when you're doing art stuff. But, like. They're all from New York. Yeah. It's just yeah. like. It's, oh, I don't. Mm-hmm. Stop. Uh, I, mm, I'm tired of seeing painters of her. <laughs> also, at Nation Time. Nation Time. <laughs> also, at Nation Time. After that, after she protests at the dinner, Nation Time approaches her again. Mm-hmm. This time she's there with her friend and her friend does ask her, are you okay? okay. Or whatever. I'll be right over there if you need yeah. something. And so she she's was like, she yeah, was kind of okay. behind a pole. Being yeah. Nosy so she shit. was watching. But Nation Time stands there and he's like, well, since you, you know, had so much to say and I was listening to you, you shouldn't have to accept my money. I'm going to give it to the women of Spelman College. And then yeah. she says nothing. Mm-hmm. Nola doesn't say anything to this white man taking her stipend away. Yeah. And neither does her friend who's listening in or whatever. But like, that's another piece of it. It's like, we're comfortable to like it's like when people are standing right in front of the white oppressor and are scared to say something due to white fragility because in that moment what would have been the harm in saying yo he already took the money money. what would have been the harm in saying that's contradictory and goes to my point of you not supporting black women yeah i'm standing here i'm upset because you did this that or whatever and now you're going to take my ten thousand dollars that was a whole like easy monologue that could have actually meant something yeah. in that space mm-hmm. and instead we just give it up to silence and oh shit now she don't get the money yeah. or whatever she's back at square one so i thought that was whack and wash and wash and wash money 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 <laughs>
<laughs> Money! <laughs> Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes. So Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they... Give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope-ass Women is Race Nerd podcast every motherfucking week. Every week. Sometimes um, twice a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So, how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamWithQueenAndJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. We have two options there. So two! Can, two! You become a patron. Or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again (laughs) all the time yes okay so that's all i have for bad shit you Mm -hmm. have anything else for bad shit that's all i got too all right Mm -hmm. so there's some random shit that we wanted to get into yeah queen i just don't understand still they mention social media but you don't Mm -hmm. see social media that's just strange to me um maybe they couldn't get the rights to show a Twitter feed or show Instagram feed, but you mm. could like make a fake one. Like like how they did on Dear White People. Yeah, yeah. like you couldn't, like it's just, that's just strange. Mm. They would mention it. They would mention how her art became popular. It was just right. strange. I don't, it was just weird. Okay. I just found that weird. I found the, we did get to see text messaging now. Mm-hmm. So they are in 2019. Yep. Um, but, um, it was only twice, <laughs> two times in the whole series, mm-hmm. and then the way they did it was was, I guess because I'm a visual person, but I like to see the way shows portray text. They okay. they all do it. Every TV show now does it in a very different way, but mm-hmm. I do like to see how they p- integrate that into what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And for this, it just seemed really lazy, like this white letters on the screen that okay. wasn't didn't indicate indicate like a text, like a. Right, like it didn't a, show like the message coming through. Yeah, it was one time where Jamie was already looking at his his phone weird before the text even came through. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's it's awkward. Like what? Yeah, that was just is it, it, I don't know. Well, just, I will say this is an improvement from last season where there was absolutely no, no social t- media. Yeah. The only time it was social media was Nola was sitting at her desktop <laughs> at home. Looking at a screen of a whole ass computer at Instagram. Oh God! You know, so then maybe they could show Instagram. I forgot that they showed it. Mm. So I don't, I don't understand mm-hmm. why it's not. Social media is a part of culture now. How do you omit mm-hmm. that? How is there no presence of it? Is strange. Mm-hmm. Also, phones. Period. Are just such an intricate part of our. That's like our third hand at this point. Mm-hmm. And like, there's only two text messages. Yeah, this is weird. I don't know. I don't know what um, world they live in. Mm-hmm. It's just strange. I already mentioned it earlier, but Fat Joe's voice. Yeah, you know. Speaking of Fat Joe, mm-hmm. something else that is random and like made me feel like weird 
Okay. So Fat Joe and Shemeca end up kind of as a couple. A couple? And I felt like, like, so Shemeca does come up in the series and talks about how she feels ugly. And like, I feel like the misery of season one carries over into season two. Like, mm-hmm. we do see her start her own business and that's really cool yeah. and supposed to be a win for her. Mm-hmm. But we also see her dealing with the aftermath of the bad butt injection and then she sets the cops up she helps the cops out right in setting up the woman who who gave gave her the butt butt shots or whatever and that's okay that's cool but i feel like and maybe the show was kind of preying on her vulnerability of not thinking that she was cute Mm -hmm. and feeling unsupported and then win is now here like taking her to doctor's appointments and like showing her attention but it still feels like she feels so ugly that she can't get attention from other people that she just taking what she could get yeah mm-hmm. yep that's yeah. the same thing i got and it's like you don't you they could just stay friends like even when she was crying about they were in puerto rico and she was upset about like like going to the beach and like mm-hmm. how her body was gonna look and it felt like in that moment he could have just hugged her but i think they kissed in that yeah. moment and it just mm-hmm. felt like again preying on her vulnerability because yeah. they could have just grown together and been like friends like a man can be supportive of you without you having to like kiss him or fuck him or whatever exactly. and like it would be nice to see more of that kind of platonic support yeah, of just people who you know and who you fuck with and who fuck with you then like always have to okay well i guess shemeca should give him some attention now because mm-hmm. he's been there for her or whatever so yeah that, I was, agree with that you. was upsetting i mm-hmm. didn't really like how that turned about and mm-hmm. like i just want shemeca to win yo can she fucking mm-hmm. win can the girl from around the way win no yeah that's the answer <laughs> so there was that shit mm-hmm. you already said no this art is boring it that's is true. it's so boring even if you get to the end Oh Did you gosh. like her piece at the end that was supposed to be so shocking and so riveting? <laughs> no. And then, what the? F- <laughs> no, that's on this list at the end. It's like, yeah, I was, yeah, it was, it was really meh. I thought when they were talking about how provocative it was, I thought it was gonna be like Nation Time dude, like dressed as fucking a, a master and like fucking her in the butt or something, or maybe she fucks Nation Time in the butt. The reason why I say that is because they were making it seem like it was so graphic and culturally in like the minds of like the colonized world, we think butt sex is like so fucking, so like, you know, I was just thinking of like, what's the most outrageous <laughs> shit? You know what I'm saying? It's, like someone's fucking a donkey. Like something. What is going on in there? And so to see, so the final image was an image of Nola. I think either in like a flag body paint or yeah. um or like a bodysuit or something. But her mm. nipples were kind of exposed. But so it's a picture of her naked with the American flag painted on oh, her, her body, body as she's hung by her braids. Yeah, right. Now she, you know her in them braids. Yes, her in them braids. <laughs> so first of all, we have seen images in black american art we have seen various images of black folks being hung by a very there's an image a popular image of a black man being hung by the american flag Mm -hmm. like that imagery is popular and black folks who are who have seen any type of black american art whether it be hood art street art popular art whatever we've seen seen stuff like that yeah so the way that everyone was a lot of people were responding especially other artists they had an artist who was like nah you shouldn't be exposing black people's pain in this way or the black woman's body in this way shemeca's reaction to it telling her it's irresponsible and all this stuff i thought it was going to be some shit i had never seen before or just something more graphic I was like, dang, I'm finally not going to see her. 
Like, I thought right. I was going to see something else. Like, yeah. okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe she's out of this. Because I get as art, you go through phases, you mm-hmm. go through whatever. Maybe in this point in time, she really wants to see herself. Because maybe she's right. not seeing herself. Okay? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I thought, okay, maybe she's, like, pivoting into something else. Because even with her art show, she pivoted into something else. It was very different from her first art show that we saw in the last season. Mm-hmm. But then I see this pain. You know what I think? Thing. I think that they wrote it and they filmed all of that talk about the piece and all that stuff before they decided what the piece was going to look like. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah. And then I felt like whoever decided, they just did it mad weak and kind of was like, again, the ball on it, it feeds into Nola of this weird buildup of her being this dynamic, deep thinker, mm-hmm. whatever. And she's flat. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, there's, there's really nothing mm-hmm. there. And they, they keep... It's like they want to build her up to be something, but when it actually comes to actually make her something, they get lazy. Like, You know what she reminds me of? Who? So she reminds me of, like, an academic from New York mm-hmm. who, like, is really, like... They, like, try to be, like, they are mad, like, revolutionary thinker and, like about like dismantling shit but they're like super into like the respectability of academia mm-hmm. and like to know something you have to be academic to be important you have to be um socially popular uh-huh. and like have a lot of followers yeah. and shit like that uh-huh. and they worship um certain academics and mm-hmm. quote-unquote popular people all yeah. within the movement of course mm-hmm. so that like justifies it or whatever and a lot of their work and their commentary is very flat because they're just obsessed with being this type of person instead of really like doing Doing, like the work and really being in tune with like people and actually figuring out who they are they're like just trying to be whatever seems to be like what important what, and valuable what you should be doing yeah. rather than doing what you actually feel yeah. inside your body i had to say it quiet because I, I know that person who does that yeah i do too you love me though you can do better Oh, did you want to do this? Nola shouldn't dance, or are you over it? Um, no, I just want to say she shouldn't dance. That scene at the end in Puerto Rico when they were like playing with the playing the drums, mm-hmm. and that she kind of had a solo. It was like, nah, girl. There's other people who I think who did that better. That's funny. I, I I didn't interpret it as her supposed to be like dancing. I interpreted it as we're supposed to be seeing her have some sort of like um spiritual experience. Which is cool for me. Dancing is a spiritual experience mm-hmm. for me. It could have looked better than that. Right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Because that's, that's like dancing for me is like my meditation. Like mm-hmm. I, I get that. All mm-hmm. of that I got. It could have looked better than that. That's right. what I'm saying. That's fair. What did you think about Clorinda's storyline this epi- this season? Clorinda and the white man who was gentrifying the neighborhood, the white yeah. developer, and also Clorinda and Mars. I don't get why she exists. Yeah. Like I forget. I forgot her name until you just said it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that it's important that in this type of work that they demonize a white a black woman and that they demonize black friendship and i feel like as like the black friend like they routinely i think she's that character like she's a demon yeah and they also don't like light-skinned people they're the evil people yeah that's the wife and that's her yeah they're like the evil people who fuck up black things i guess Mm. (laughs) it's just like uh okay yeah (laughs) But yeah, I she's for me she's forgettable. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the Mars stuff with her and like having had an abortion by like aborting Mars's fetus or whatever? I feel like I would have aborted. <laughs> <laughs> I would have also aborted that half nigga. I would have aborted it all the time. 
don't need this. <laughs> oh man. I and I probably would have told him either. Because uh-huh. like, I don't need so, this. So, but what did you think about like her dating the white developer? What did you think about that? I don't. I don't understand that at all. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I didn't really think about it this much this season because I don't think I really thought about her the, that much this season. To be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, but when every time he kept sort of resurfacing the white guy, I'm like, oh yeah, this. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I forgot this. This, this was right, the thing. Right. So, but it's interesting when you talked about the light skin, um, the light skin hate again. <laughs> it made me think of something. So, Clorinda, who plays Nola's friend, and they're kind of in a weird space this season or whatever, because Clorinda is like a stuck up upper crust. Uh, young black professional young black professional right in in the ways that we use that language like like someone who looks down on other black there's people a, there's a classism there's, there's there. a class yeah there's a classism in that young black professional mm-hmm. like language and way of life so anyway we're not talking about like young black people who are professional or have professional jobs it's a way of thinking so anyway so she is has an art gallery mm-hmm. that has been gifted to her or paid for by this white real estate developer yeah. who she is also dating and sleeping oh, with yeah, and all right, this stuff. Okay. Right. So he's gentrifying the neighborhood and he's finding trouble because he did this weird like unveiling and press conference, which would never happen because everyone knows the optics of that are shit. Like that that was weird. That but was I think weird. I think that was another campy moment. They wanted to show him doing this this weird, like, hey, I'm a white guy, real estate person, and and the crowd of protesters there, like you're ruining our community or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, reclaiming so my time. Oh my goodness. So she's <laughs> that was said. So she <laughs> is his lover and he kind of starts treating her badly when he feels like she she he hired her to be his community outreach person and mm-hmm. he feels like she's doing a bad job at that and it's her fault that you know things are not going well for him i feel like mm-hmm. so it, both her and the light-skinned woman woman the other lights uh cheryl jamie's wife are yeah. now dating white men right so in yeah. addition to them being mm-hmm. like stuck up light-skinned black people right because by default in this world light-skinned black people are stuck up yeah right in addition to be being those kinds of light-skinned women they're also the women in this series mm-hmm. who are sleeping off with of white, white men. men and and their relationships with these white men are presented as so underhanded like cheryl is getting fucked in a hotel room which i love getting fucked in a hotel room but the I way it's too. presented here I don't, I don't have to care about them sheets that's right fuck them the way it's being presented here is so like seedy and underground mm-hmm. and she's still married to Jamie and ugh. and uh, I didn't take it that way but I get what you're saying yeah and then Cheryl I mean and then Clorinda is fucking this white guy who doesn't seem to care about their relationship he just wants to fuck a black woman or whatever so yeah. they're both kind of getting played or, or it's presented as they're being played mm-hmm. in some way or it's just weird but it just made me when you when you talked about like the kind of demonization and of light skinned folks yeah. in this way instead of like an actual critique of the mm-hmm. culture yeah. the demonization of these two characters it made me think of like why they're both seeing white men now because Cheryl's new boo could have been anybody yeah really so i thought that that was interesting and we talked about nola's art <laughs> being meh meh being meh okay meh. well instead of leaving on this sour note let's talk about stuff that we found to be important um, with the series yeah okay. so of course it was very important the way they address gentrification and mm-hmm. continue that conversation from right. the first season into the next season because it is still something that is affecting Fort Greene, that mm-hmm. is affecting Brooklyn, that is affecting black lives, Yep. period. So I do like that they kept that going. I do know that that's something very important to Spike Lee to talk about. So I get why that's there. Mm-hmm. And I do think that they 
don't handle it carelessly. There's lots of things that they handle very yeah, carelessly. They do a, good job they do a really good job with the conversation of gentrification mm-hmm. and kind of showing how it affects our our lives. Like to to say, even though I didn't like hearing about that white bitch, mm-hmm. it was important for me to hear Divine say, "I know I used to live here. Like mm-hmm. this was my home. Right. Like you brought my home. Yeah, that type. This was mine. Mm-hmm. So it, that." And that way, it's very important. And I do appreciate the way that they handle that mm-hmm. in the series. And it's so funny, like, also when you say that there's a way that gentrifiers move where if she had ever had a conversation with Papo, because she could have been asked him that from jump. Been asked him. She would have known that. She would have learned she, yeah. that. She if only, she had asked Nola. She only decides to ask people stuff because she realized she's isolated or yeah. she did if you had come in acting like a community ass bitch mm-hmm. you wouldn't be so isolated right, right now now you want to f- pull into the community now right. after like no bitch mm-hmm. that's why i don't like her yeah she could have started off with that energy learned that this was his former home yeah. and maybe even said okay cool well you hang out here at this time but after this time i need i need you to clear off or whatever but she's Something. dumb him being right. on her stupid added security stupid yeah like what those yeah. people the people like that in your neighborhood are the people who see everything mm-hmm. there's a reason why everywhere i live and i'm not like a huge i would say i'm not like a huge neighbor person like i don't know everybody where i live mm-hmm. but there are people that i make points to make sure that i say right. hello to right. that i have this relationship with because they are connected to the neighborhood in mm-hmm. ways that i'm never going to be because mm-hmm. i'm not really like that but if I'm familiar with this person, I'm always going to know what's happening mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. And he's mm-hmm. one of those people. Stupid. Yeah. yeah she don't was, know. That yeah. was dumb. And, yeah. and that's, that's the thing about gentrification is that, like, the buildings go up, the the rates go up, mm-hmm. like, the, the you know, the real estate properties are built, prices are raised and all that stuff. But the, the added and, like, part of the most violent portion of that piece of that are the actual people that come with it. Yeah. Right? So you have this woman who bought his home or whatever. Okay, that's cool. But, like, are you a community-ass bitch? Like, yeah. are you coming to start trouble? Are you coming to, like, get him locked up? Yeah. Are you coming to not be communal with your neighbors? Are you coming to complain about music and things that they have been doing in that community forever? Yeah. So how you show up as a white person or just as a... There are black gentrifiers. How yeah. you show up in these communities matters. And it makes a difference between people understanding okay the neighborhood is changing mm-hmm. and people feeling like they're under attack yeah and i want to say add to when you said there's black gentrifiers uh, jay's saying that in a sense of not respecting the community or space right. that they're in not in the fact that like, we know a black person is not bringing up property values right. we know it's not black people who are making cities change how they treat neighborhoods mm-hmm. but she means like coming into a space and not respecting the space that's already there yeah. in that sense i just want yeah. to make that clear no that's important other important things and like we talked about before infusing black artists of all different genres yeah. into mm-hmm. his art form spike lee like making sure that he lifts others up in his work mm-hmm. has been important like from the beginning of what yeah. he does. and that's, that's one of the things that i think is really dope about him and what he does is mm-hmm. always like taking people with him and lifting people up yeah with mm-hmm. him and i think that that's really super cool yeah he shoots brooklyn with love and he shoots black people with love and so that is important seeing seeing the way the prince party was shot the black party was Mm -hmm. shot seeing any space even the way the hot and trot is shot like seeing all Mm -hmm. of that done with love is really important and it's it's something that we still rarely get to see on screen and it's it's i like you know, we grew up with Spike Lee's yeah. films. And I I like to still see that signature stuff that he does. Those moments that he creates for us mm-hmm. that we don't see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he handles us with care visually 
is amazing. Yeah. And that's something that I'm just always just going to fuck with. Mm-hmm. Even if a lot of times I, there's things that he does that I think is trash. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, with the portrayal of black women. Mm-hmm. But when it, when it comes to the artistry in a way that he presents us visually, it's just always beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The way that he shoots Martha's Vineyard and the way that they explore black folks in Martha's Vineyard yeah. and that as like a vacation destination for black people mm-hmm. and how that's one of the few places that black people could find sanctuary and safety and a yeah. place to vacation back in the day without mm-hmm. being harassed and without a certain type of racism. Yeah. I thought that conversation was important. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't grow up as a Martha's Vineyard type bitch. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have that history in my family of people like doing mm-hmm. that shit or vacationing yeah. there. I'm from, I have, I guess distantly I do have niggas that have done that, but I'm from the, you know, <laughs> if you if you are if you are an uppity nigga there is a group of your family that you don't fuck with so that's my side of the family (laughs) that's my on the black american side of my family that's the corner of family that we're from like there was trauma there and Mm -hmm. so this piece of family we are not those go to martha's vineyard Mm -hmm. type people and that's how they also when we the the rare times when we have shown up to the family reunion that we don't go to anymore yeah that is how we were like Mm -hmm. there there were people who looked at us like yeah "Ah, you niggas so i'm not familiar with that life Mm -hmm. and so when her dad stokely talks about um why he never fucked with martha's vineyard and, and this that whole series of them being um upper crust high yellow brown paper bag testing Mm -hmm. i I thought that that series was funny and interesting or whatever and there is that but i think the flip side that spike lee also shows is the conversation of black people deserve to be able to fucking vacation and deserve a place where they can go to the beach and get Mm -hmm. in the water without being harassed and without them saying no black folks can't get in the water here you can't do this here you can't do that let's drain the ocean the blaze like all of that shit now we gotta replace all the sand it's been black feet in the sand so that history of like adam mm. clayton powell taking his family there that, and then sending yeah. word back to other mm. black people in harlem in new york like yeah. yo this is a safe place for you to word. come yeah but unfortunately there are black people i know black people today that that I don't know. They get weird when they talk about Martha's Vineyard. Like it's a certain type of, there are people who talk about nice things in a very elitist way. Mm-hmm. There are still niggas that do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it's a fucking turn off. Re- I didn't really, I didn't know the history of Martha's Vineyard. I've been there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like that history. Right. My mom was very, just throw us in the car and we'll go places. Mm-hmm. So that's, my, my mom really likes the beach too so right. I think I know that's why we went there but my mom you met my mom mm-hmm. my mom is not that kind of black right so I didn't even know mm-hmm. that that's what I'm like oh shit mm-hmm. like so my mom was like being different I guess mm-hmm. you know like I didn't know right. that I didn't even know that that was like elitist black mm-hmm. thing I just thought that's where black people went like, yeah, but see, but that's the other thing. There are people who do that. Like your mom was just taking you to the beach mm-hmm. and you didn't grow up with this like, oh, yeah, so you didn't grow up with that foolishness. Yeah. You just grew up as here's a beach with other black people. We're yeah. having a good time mm-hmm. and then we go home or whatever. Yeah. So there, there are just ways in which these things present themselves as elitist yeah. that justify that speech that stokely gave where like you know 
there's a certain type of people there and I don't want to be there with that type of people. Yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And yeah. then there is also the conversation of this is where black people, I can have a nice house and mm-hmm. a porch and like, you know, Nola going and talking yeah. to those black people mm-hmm. who gave her water yeah. and they had a whole conversation. It made me think of like seeing that, made me think of that movie The Inkwell mm-hmm. and like kind of them showing us that too. Were they like in Martha's this, Vineyard or somewhere mm-hmm. else? Okay. Vin- like mm-hmm. just showing like a space. That's I don't know. That's why I didn't and even I'm thinking about the movie The Inkwell, it was presented in that way. Those were like uppity blacks, but maybe mm-hmm. because they were like dark, so I didn't like mm. right. get that connection. Yeah, yeah. Um because there are elite that's the other thing that's interesting. There are elite ass like dark skinned people. Like yeah. being an uppity nigga is not, not limited a light, to light skin thing. But that's right. generally how it's presented when yeah. we look like we see how they villainize these light skinned women in the, mm-hmm, in here mm-hmm. that stuck up there, whatever. So I think because in that in the inkwell, those people were dark that I wasn't even receiving it in that right, way because right, right, where right. do i mm-hmm. i know in my life that exists mm-hmm. but that's not generally like yeah. you know what's presented over yeah over. no i feel you yeah i feel you that's a good movie though by the way y'all watch the inkwell yeah i'm gonna go back and watch it again yeah. i think i've i think i don't want to watch it, it now with this but this brain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one with jada pinkett in it or it's another one um yeah jada pinkett's in it being uh-huh. uppity Okay. And, <laughs> okay. and um Tay Diggs. Not Tay Diggs. I'm Lawrence Tate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miss okay. Corduroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. So I think when we talk about all that stuff, the series does end up being important, but mm-hmm. not for the reasons when, that I thought it would be important. Yeah. Like I think the conversation about sexuality and black women's sexuality in twenty nineteen or or twenty was it it was twenty seventeen when it first came out, out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that conversation is important today mm-hmm. and I thought that that's what we might get with this series but that's not the important stuff that comes no. out of this series. I think that the things they do very well mm-hmm. are I guess like the the things that dwell in the past mm-hmm. and the things that that not to sound ageist but I think that the things I think that the things that they did really well are the things that I'm assuming the age of the writers can actually connect with. Mm-hmm. They did that really well. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just, it just makes me wish that they can diversify the ages right. and that writing room more because then yeah. they could do the other pieces well yes. too. Yes, because I agree. I feel like there is value and we talked about this last season um, at the age of the folks in the writer, the writer's room. Mm-hmm. I think there is value in those older people's perspectives. Yes, and, and you see how well they yes. do those things. Yes. They do that really yes. well. I just wish that they valued the voice of younger, younger people, people within that space mm-hmm. as well because yeah. the voice of younger people, if they are in the writer's room, it doesn't come out on screen. It doesn't. And so I would just like to see it to be more intergenerational mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know man grab somebody just grab somebody like we're, talk we're to out your here kids, right we're out here yeah we're out here so i would like to see that be more intergenerational mm-hmm. because i do value what the older writers had to contribute yeah i just wish they do that, that piece really yes, really well yes i wish that they valued the voices of younger writers as well because i don't hear it or see it coming out in the series at all our review of she's gotta have it is called we gotta have it Mm -hmm. because we answer the question do we gotta have it we gotta have this or not queen we gotta have it nah okay no there are pieces in there that i enjoyed but there was so for me far and few between Mm -hmm. Um, we were just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the f-? like? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, this is nice. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> A <is> motherfucker. <laughs> you know. A motherfucker. Do you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> I do. 
Yeah, so I could live without this. Yeah. I could live without it. Yeah. How about you? You got to have it? We got to have it? No, I don't got to have it. But I I will be honest and say I am going to watch next season. Mm -hmm. If if there's a new season, I will watch it. Mm -hmm. I do like watching New York on screen. And I'm going to watch it. So I I guess they got me. They did. But it makes sense. Yeah. You like things. I do like things. Mm-hmm. So is my answer that I got to have it if I'm watching next season? Maybe I do got to have it. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I got to have it. Especially, I do think it's important because there are certain things that are happening here that aren't happening anywhere else. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm ashamed to say it. I got to have it. Okay. All right. Well, we did a fucking show. We did. We did a fucking review. Mm-hmm. Thanks to everybody who tuned in. Thanks to everybody who listened to our first review series of season one of She's Gotta Have It. We'll put the link to that playlist in the show notes. Uh-huh. Um, if you are on one of the apps, if you search Tea with Queen and Jay, We Gotta Have It, um, those episodes should come up. We did one episode where we went to the premiere and then we did um, a five episode run of yeah. the review series. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing this episode on season two. Yeah. So that is the close. This is the end of our We Gotta Have It the series. The season finale. That's right. We Gotta Have It That's series. That's right. That's right. If you are watching something or if something is coming up that you would like us to review or that you would like us to get into or you want to hear our, pers- our perspective on, you can let us know if you want to invite us to some shit um you can do that if you're a pr motherfucker invite us like not the day of <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> like, PR motherfuckers my life be don't like, work like that oh shit t with queen and jay like could you let us know in advance so that we could, could, could we not be an afterthought that would be nice that would be nice and respectful i would appreciate that this was a fun review yeah and um let us know what you think Send us your comments. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate the episode. Tell us what you liked about it. You can tell us what you liked um, on iTunes. We do read those things. Yeah, we do. Or as always, you can send us T-mail at TeaWithQueenAndJ at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at TeaWithQJ. We're on Facebook and Tumblr at TeaWithQueenAndJ. Yeah. You can check out our website, TeaWithQueenAndJ.com. Yep. If you have never listened to Tea with Queen and J podcast before, we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. And what else? This is fun. Yeah, I did fun. enjoy this. Yeah. I did enjoy this. And thanks for all the support that we got um, yeah. for doing these reviews. Word. We appreciate you all. And anything else? I think that's it. Except for me. You have anything else? No, it's nation time. It's nation time. Oh, be sure to subscribe if you're not subscribed. Oh, yeah. Subscribe yeah. to us any everywhere where you listen to podcasts. We are on Apple, iTunes, Apple We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Castbox, TuneIn. Mm-hmm. All the places, places yo. Wherever mm-hmm. you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. So subscribe. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. It's nation time. <laughs> Bye. Stokes didn't care to socialize with what he called high yellow, high sedity, upper middle ass acting, wanna be talented tenth. Jack and Jill, summer vacation going, no dirt under their nails, having paper bag test taking fur coat in the summertime, wear it, thinking that they better than us regular ass Negro Negro. Ain't that some shit? <laughs>